And we're live. Yes. Yes. Okay, so we just put out, uh, if you haven't watched it already, go watch it. It's the uh, propaganda for- video yeah, called uh, Never Forget What They've Done. And uh, it highlights the insanity of the last year of uh, um, lockdown politics and all the associated craziness that went with, uh, came from the Kenny government in Alberta this year. Yeah. Um, generally makes the whole thing look utterly insane. Yeah. I wanted to put it out after, um, after Stampede, but it's kind of blunted because they turned around and just got rid of everything. Yeah, and we have to talk about this because this isn't just a big deal for Alberta, but this is uh, a big deal for the whole country um, and basically any other uh, jurisdiction that's watching because out of nowhere, kind of unexpectedly, uh, the government announces that it's getting rid of its last few regulations. Not only does that include the stupid uh, mask requirement on like a bus, for example, or in a taxi or some of these uh, little things, but it includes the, the frankly dumb quarantine requirement where if, if you know, if you're around someone with a positive test or if you've got some symptoms or you get a positive test, such and such, you quarantine for these 14 days which of course is incredible like if you actually were to follow this which i don't know how many people actually stuck to it uh if they were in that situation but anyone who actually follows it of course it's extremely disruptive uh to their lives potentially um creates just havoc in some business environments like uh, you know, our assistant at the office, she was saying, basically, somebody sneezes at the school and it just sets off the chain reaction where all these people have to go get tests. All these people have to isolate. All these, it's just insane. It's yeah. no way to live for mature people dealing with a virus, again, that's not dangerous to most people. My buddy's got three kids in the past, uh, like in the past two quarters, he's gotten eight tests. Yeah, it's insane. It's ridiculous. It's torture for children and not to mention adults and workplaces and just general living. But the the thing is that's gone now. And I thought when everyone's talking about removing all restrictions and stuff, um, as far as I can tell, no one has really gotten rid of that. And I tried to look into it. And other than maybe some places on the far side of the world that a lot of people don't know what they are or anything so you know some people might say they don't matter that much but kind of as far as our more western focus uh it could be that we're the first jurisdiction to do away with that requirement altogether and dina hinshaw who i've said horrible horrible things about (laughs) for over a year yeah Um, she, I mean, she's not a great communicator, but they've got her basically out there on her own defending this. And most of her arguments are basically okay. That it's disruptive. It's, um, creating chaos in people's lives. 
it's not the number one priority to the exclusion of everything else in life when it comes to risks and dangers and problems that we face. And of course, the lockdowns and all these rules have negative consequences. Um, So she kind of came at it with a very economic argument that, you know, there are huge costs to what we are doing, including the last issue standing, which was the quarantine requirement. So supposedly that's gone. Now everyone's freaking out. The lockdown fanatics are freaking out. The rest of the country's freaking out. The federal minister of health, who's basically a complete moron, said, well, you better turn over your justification for this, or you better uh, prove that this is right. In a public letter. Yeah. So everyone's it's everyone's these things, these now Dina Hinshaw, remember, was like the saint too, of too, the lockdown <laughs> fanatics for too over crucial, a year. Too crucial to know for a phone call. Yeah. But so Hinshaw, I mean, as you know, she's been nobody likes Kenny, but Hinshaw has been regarded relatively better, at least by the lockdown fanatics, because she was the one who would get up and with her, you know, kind of um, Valium laced uh droning style she reminded me of of these lockdowns the the uh the kind sitcom mother you know what i mean i think she's uh more like that lady on like season three or four of law and order who uh kills her kids to get attention (laughs) (laughs) fucking munchausen but so so she's out there defending this. Most of her arguments are fine, basically. Like she's not making really any rights-based argument, a moral-based argument. It's basically just uh, you know, there's limited resources and this isn't the only problem in the world, basically. Which is completely reasonable because it's not, in terms of danger level, anywhere close to our top priority in life. So she's getting rid of it. Now everyone's watching us. We've got the pro-lockdown fanatics saying they want that restriction brought back. Otherwise, they're just terrified. Seething. We've got, yeah, they're seething. We've got the rest of the country looking at us saying like, oh, that's that's crazy. So people are going to be watching Alberta, wanting it to fail. And this cutting edge change, like you said, it kind of, um, it kind of forces us crazy anti-lockdown types to root for Dina Hinshaw. Yeah. And root for, God, I can't believe I'm saying it, freaking Jason Kenney insofar as he sticks to this. Because, again, the lockdown issue is the biggest issue of our time. It is the most insane, over-the-top attack on our liberties that we faced in our lives easily. And we, I think, maybe I'm wrong, maybe you have an opinion here. But we need to be willing to work with anyone we have to, no matter how distasteful, to keep lockdowns from coming back without the bullshit promises that they're saying in other parts of the world where it's like, oh, if you only get your ninth booster shot, then maybe we can open up or, oh, we just need a vaccine passport. Then it will be safe to open up. However, we need to cut off people. It's not. <clears throat> it's not a bad idea because his political identity and thus fortunes are tied to keeping the course. Yes. 
his his identity, his future, his his uh, his run at prime minister. It's it's up in smoke. It's done. But will he somehow keep the UCP together uh, in Alberta and not go down as probably the second greatest conservative failure in Albertan history? He well, has to stay the course, or else that that's what happens. So I would yes. agree you have to kind of you have to back him because if he if he deviates, he's fucked. Yeah, and, and uh I mean um our you might say um the grassroots movement we've been a part of basically just dunking on Kenny and the UCP MLAs with uh a lot of pressure to get these lockdowns kicked. Um I mean, they've done it now, so we, I mean, for all the bad things that the government has done, um, and I mean, people are like, they need to apologize, blah, blah, blah. It's like, they're not going to apologize. These are politicians. They they need to save face somehow. Uh, what, whatever uh, needs to happen, uh, later on, they can come wait, out and, wait a second. you know, reevaluate things. But right now, wait a second. whatever excuse they need. Canadian politician. Excuses, like, apologies are always on the table. Um, No, because not, <laughs> it's, it's not in this case. Not in this case, because you're not apologizing for something people. Oh, someone else did. You're so say, say, um, okay. So say, say, uh, they come out and apologize for arresting pastors and shutting down churches and like fencing okay. up grace life church. Yeah. For example. Um, yeah, maybe they should, but, uh, I don't know if it helps necessarily. Um, I think maybe to some degree, and I'm just thinking purely, um, cynical politics. Um, maybe they need to uh, keep up the pretense that you know, oh, we did what we had to, and it had to be done. Um, maybe right this instant is not the time to uh, start coming out and being like, oh, we shouldn't have done it, even though it's true. Like, oh, we shouldn't have trampled all over people's rights for the sake of this virus. Yeah, it's true. They shouldn't have. But I don't know if it's helpful for them to come out and say that now, even though they are implicitly acknowledging it through their proxy, Dina Hinshaw, on her um, her propaganda tour, yeah. which I fully support, by the way. I just wish she was a better communicator. <laughs> but she's basically saying, um, um, yeah, the costs are too great. And it's not an apology, but it's an acknowledgement that the consequences can't be allowed to continue or uh, the, the the policy can't be allowed to continue because the consequences are too severe. So there is an implicit acknowledgement of all of that. But um, again, insofar as these are the people who just happen to be pushing like the strongest anti-lockdown position, arguably in North America, at least. I think that's excellent. And uh, we need to kind of root for them, if not, yeah. like I don't want to support them, but yeah. we're kind of rooting for this to work. And they've prepped us. They said, oh, the cases are going to spike again, probably in September. Yeah. Um, and, you know, cases are going to go up, but we can deal with it. 
whatever they want to say. Um, I don't know what sells the most with uh, the people they have to make this pitch to. Like, I'm sold. I was sold a year ago. Mm-hmm. I was sold in March before they locked down at all. Yeah. You got to find some bodies before they'll apologize. So, um, no. Well, the NDP is asking for um, uh, like a full scale like review. It's like whatever. They just they had an independent review done by KPMG, and it's probably just like you know, it's like the oh yeah, some criticisms, but overall did a good job. Yeah. Uh, um, here's what we would recommend. No, no, no. But later on, they can come back and hit hard that like lockdowns are bad. But now is not the time. Now, I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but for Kenny's fortunes, they can't lock down again or he's doomed. Yeah. He wants to win, I assume. Yeah. He hasn't written off his political future entirely. He's too surrounded by yes men and he's too full of himself. He thinks he can keep it going. Yeah. He just needs to outsmart everyone and make them not hate him as much. This is a big move. If he does that, if he if he caves on this, he's absolutely toast. Yeah. So they can't. So again, it just so happens that our interests happen to kind of align with Jason Kenney's short-term political interests. Yeah. <clears throat> Normally, I think it's a horrible idea to support him or anything uh, in that regards. But again, he's, he's locked in. I don't know how he uh, pulls himself out of this without looking like exactly what, um, you know, NDPers think he is and losing everybody that he's already kind of brought back to the table. Yeah, I, I can... So you have to, yeah, you have to. No, like the people um, of the right that he's angered are absolutely pissed and will never forgive him. It's just a question of, um, I mean... I've said it before and I'll say it again. People will hold up, hold their nose and vote for like the stinkiest candidate they have to, to get rid of someone else or to protect, to, to give themselves an idea that they're protecting themselves from someone else. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be tough. They have to punish Albertans punish much like Newfie's punish, but like, um, so there's, there's two things that makes me think about one is the, uh, so there was a moment, uh, shortly after, um, after the stampede, he was in a scrum. There was a bunch of media set around. They're like, oh my God, the, the vaccine, blah, blah, blah. Uh, mass by law. I think this was before his announcement. And, uh, he said, look, you guys need to knock it off. You got to stop the problem. Like, it seems like the like moment. Stop the fear mongering. Yeah. He I said, remember that. this is all your fault. You're fear mongering fucking degenerates. And there was a moment. It seemed like the second it hit that 70% in terms of, of vaccination. He was like, I'm off this fucking ride. <laughs> I'm done here. I've scared the bejesus out of people. I've spent all the goodwill and political capital I had fucking carrying water. And I'm done. Yeah. And it didn't work out for him. And I think, like, he, he's weird. He's trying to do, like, this peppy style now and really upbeat and, like, uplifting yeah. and, like, the best days are ahead and stuff. And it doesn't go, like, I don't know what his best I, style is, but it doesn't really look good on him. But he his sense of, uh, like, who he is has changed a lot in the last few years, uh, or not the la- last few months. 
and it comes across as phony and in like kind of yeah. lame and forced yeah but um whatever i think you're right i mean when he basically told the media at that press conference like you're that was the you're moment. just spreading fear and i think that's an interesting way to interpret it that uh you know he's done with it he has lost too much support to keep going down that direction by listening to rachel notley in the media he's severely jeopardized his potential and probably what he'll have to do because this alone won't be enough this is the minimum requirement but it won't get him there i don't know how he does it exactly but i assume that somehow in the next two years he either needs like an absolutely smoking economy that people are too afraid to lose and i just don't know if it's gonna happen but he would need to throw the base like like maybe two huge juicy uh things and he not promise them in a campaign but he'd have to do them well before he gets out and i think that's the only way that basically he gets enough people because he's not going to get ndp voters to switch over um he needs the people who basically voted for him originally to enough of them to show up again he's gotta you know he's he's gotta pull out that old uh albertan uh you know the old alberta standby so he's got a bunch of shit uh getting thrown at him by uh nurses and doctors so he's got to come out and you say all right nurses doctors You've, you've ate shit for the past two years. Here's your money. Here's your staffing. Here's your support. Here's everything you fucking wanted. We're taking it all from the teachers. And everyone will go... <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone will go, well, like, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Fuck those teachers. They would say, I suspect. They, they're like, you haven't been doing shit in the past year. My kid came home at least six months of the fucking year. That's hilarious. I'd rather I'd rather there be six teachers tele-teaching my fucking kids. I've been raising them and, and teaching them myself. They just sit in their fucking rooms and try not to yeah, kill give, themselves. Yeah, we're gonna give the taxpayers a discount. Yeah. So here you go. Uh in or like we're we're cutting everybody a, a break on education and uh, we're giving it straight to the nurses. That would be absolutely hilarious. Yeah. I don't think he would do it, but that is hilarious. And personally, I would like it. Not like better to have a tax cut, but to play to the two biggest like forces against each other, government employees off each other. I would just, you know, sit back and watch with great delight. I think that's hilarious. Over the past year and a half, one of you has helped us. One of you has not. So don't forget that that last lockdown, that that, the uh, the one before the second to last one, one. April? Yeah, th- where they put all the they sent all the uh, kids home. They shut down the schools. That was not a health decision. They made it very clear that that was a education board decision. Well, I remember uh granted they were having to comply with health restrictions, so the second somebody's kid uh looks uh you know, in the general direction of someone who may have coughed in the past day or two, all the teachers have to go home for 10 fucking days. You know, it, even if you test negative, you still got a quarantine. So they were like, look, we got too many teachers out. We're fucked. Can you send all the kids home <laughs> during the lockdown? And that's what they did. 
So um, that's that's what I would do if I was Kenny. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for him to win. But uh, so now also there's the hilarious pro-lockdown protests, which are basically government employees who are upset that their vac- their uh, free vacations every time <clears throat> someone coughs at the office are going to be over because the quarantine requirement's gone. They're out protesting every day. Uh, yeah, there was a bunch. They, they had the funny article. I think you sent it to me. Uh, it was on True North or whatever. Uh, yeah, what's this guy? The Shill Doctor, who oh, yeah. is uh, Let me get know, a big name. NDP supporter. Twenty thousand so, dollar fucking NDP supporter. That's just high. That's just. I mean, we don't even need to single this guy out, especially. Oh, but this uh, yes, guy's we do. on TV. We, we do. But fuck hang on, this, guy. this guy's this on guy TV. Showed up to no, a but c- hang on, hang on. Don't interrupt me. This guy is on. T- he goes on CBC as some disinterested, just expert. And of course, he's not disinterested. He's at these political rallies. He gives tens of thousands of dollars to the NDP. Twenty thousand. Um, he's he's a shill doctor. He's a he's a doctor. Sure, maybe he's a great doctor, but he's a shill, and he's politically interested. He's not an objective, you know, expert as if that would ever exist in the first place. But um, the this is not just this guy. This is a lot of these doctors, but very few of them have been looked into. The kinds that they get on TV, on the mainstream news to talk about as uh, the experts, there's tons of them. The ones that uh, even Doug Ford has on his advisory board or whatever it's called, the, the virus advisory committee or emergency advisory committee, it's full of all kinds of people with a political axe to grind. And... The reason I say I don't want to single him out necessarily for the sake of the general issue, like it's this is everywhere. All these guys on TV, they have a political interest. A lot of them have a motivation very strongly to hurt, uh, you know, their political enemies. And of course, they put on their uh, lab coats and their. Um, Steth- goes to a climate change meeting with a stethoscope on? Yeah, it's absurd. Sits in his living room with it's his fucking scrubs on? political theater. Oh, God, I just got done, you know, fucking massaging someone's heart back to life. I have 10 minutes for an interview to talk about lockdowns. Yeah, <sighs> it's stupid. Yeah, all these fakes. Um, fake doctors everywhere. Oh, he's a real doctor. You gotta make well, doctor. I mean, you gotta make Albertan doctor so money thing. to give like twenty these doctors, grand. So kind of moving off from that pro lockdown protest thing, which is absurd. They're all government employees. They basically love the quarantine requirement. Um, people go out there. They say, uh, "Oh, we need to keep our kids safe. Kids have died because of the virus." No, literally zero children, zero people in the entire province have died of the virus ever, and. They're like, oh, the the it's uh they can have long lasting symptoms. It's like the evidence on that is extremely weak. That's why that issue died. That's why that scare, scary propaganda tactic that they were trying to push on us when uh, lockdown resistance was growing originally, long COVID or long lasting COVID that permanently disables you. Uh, was a big point and the evidence was so weak they dropped it now they're digging it up again along with their argument that children have died which is just false no person under the age of 20 has died in alberta they're basically immune to it we know it hurts mostly you know old and uh, sick people and such i saw an interesting tweet the other day that uh, somebody said you know it's been 19 months 
since this started. Do you know that the Spanish flu? Oh, <laughs> the Spanish flu deaths only lasted 19 months. The worst pandemic modern medicine, modern history has ever known. Like, we don't know how many people, we estimate how many people died from bubonic plague and stuff like that. We know down to the fucking number how many people died of Spanish flu, apparently. Modern modern bookkeeping. It only lasted 18 months. Next year's flu strain came through. It's not the 1918 Spanish flu. Well, they're going to make this last as long as they can. Of course, there is, unless it's politically disastrous for you to maintain lockdowns, and for some people it is, but unfortunately for all too many people, they just are cheering for lockdowns or for the only way to be out of lockdowns, this new like digital tyranny where you get like the barcode on your skull or whatever. Um, the There is a lot of people who do not want to let this go. And um, I think that's part of the whole Trudeau motivation to get... Uh, Stamp election. An election going yeah. here pretty soon, which really looks like it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the way he's throwing money around. Um, I was campaigning without campaigning. He yeah. apparently had a private meeting with the press corps Monday, yesterday. Oh, yeah. Private meeting. Oh, yeah. We know what's going on. Yeah. But the, um, and that's why the Ottawa, or that's why the CBC made sure everyone knows they are running. <laughs> Guys, they, you they know want that, to get it in there. Guys, uh, you know that, that $1.2 billion you gave us last fiscal year wasn't enough. Keep it coming. We need more of your fucking money to produce such quality content. But, it takes a lot of money, folks. Okay, but I mean, you can tell the response of Aaron O'Toole, our, our, uh, our fuddy-duddy leader of the um, conservative party. He's like, well, we shouldn't have an election. So Trudeau is just rolling in like he's gonna like. Well, I'm gonna win. The anyone who's not a totally useless piece of trash should want an election because they should want to destroy Trudeau for what he's doing right now. Aaron, him and his coalition government with the NDP and the Bloc um, are doing severe damage right now. And I'm not saying the conservatives would necessarily be doing better, but if they were worth a damn, they'd want to take him down and they could, they should be able to tear him apart. He's got scandal after scandal. He's spending money like crazy. He's basically, um, even for kind of a moderate person, the, it has to make the, you wonder. The best they can do against O'Toole is tie him to Jason Kenny. Two peas in a pod, buddy. Or that fucking set of ads. You must have come across them. Two fucking cows cackling at one another about how bad these these old white men are, and they're they're just all the same. Mm. And they're gonna cut all of our federal jobs. They're gonna take all our union money. So lame. It's he the same hates old thing. the conservatives get in power, and they hate teachers and nurses. And they're gonna take all your shit. Uh, how like, how about you undo the Phoenix Bay system? I guess they gave a, a final tally of that. It was what ten billion dollars or five billion dollars? It's I think it's at least two or it's, one point two. An it was a lot. It's an astronomical number larger than one billion. I love. I like the, my favorite part of that scandal was government employees not getting paid. <laughs> Where's my money? But so anyway, yeah, I don't think Trudeau wants to uh, let go of this, although. 
I mean, if he gets a majority, it doesn't seem like it would be hugely different from what he's got going now. He's got no opposition whatsoever to basically anything he's trying to do. The yeah. only difference, I guess, they can, you know, there's other people have control over some committees that are digging into his stuff and he, whatever. But oh yeah, um, there's some uh, the the some ombudsman, some fucking bureaucratic fucking squint um, went through and audited the uh, some some uh government spending and and basically saw the wee charity for about uh i think 140,000 over three or four different contracts where the ch- the price of the bid came in after and they modified the change without justifying the change difference they're just like this is gross you guys know this isn't like, how yeah, this Yeah, we is don't done. have to put out this thing for competitive bids cuz yeah. it just happens to be perfectly below the number uh, and it's all going to our pals over at We Charity, or the, or the thing. What there wasn't there some digital advertising firm, and it was like Trudeau's buddy, and they were funneling like all the. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's tons of that. It's all basically small potatoes, but it just uh, exemplifies the well, something the rot within. Um, and and yeah, I guess that's the only thing they can do because. Trudeau is basically the liberal government in Ottawa is basically running things like it has a majority right now. Yeah. It is no opposition whatsoever. And unfortunately it's because most people love the lockdown stuff and the conservatives who are the only conceivable people who no, should Aaron, be. Aaron O'Toole loves lockdowns. He loves lockdowns. He says, he says we can't have an election because we have to fight the fourth wave. Um, not a single person on his staff has come out and said, look, Appear strong where you're weak. Appear weak, you know. Appear weak where you're strong. So, look, like, look, no even... one's gonna, no one's gonna vote for you. So you should fucking just gun it for an election. Just exactly. But and and that's that's kind of the interesting question about O'Toole. I find like, uh, it's one of those things. Like, is he is he the planned fall guy, or is he just like? An idiot who I, I love your term for him, the designated loser. He's the designated loser, the Jeb Bush. <laughs> he he's um, up there to lose, and I wonder is it like because the conservatives have nothing to bring to the table. They don't have like a rock star guy like Trudeau. They do. They, they do. He's just not running. And the other rock stars are his own party. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So you get uh, all the all these. Uh, you get to all these guys splitting the boomer con vote. That was my second point. So the uh, I had a, a friend um, go to uh, like a, a a fucking stampede breakfast, and he was there with some political people, uh, some media people. They told me they were they were talking about political parties in Alberta and and stuff like that, and uh, some some fucking raging boomer overheard it and he was just like you can't split the vote don't split the vote we gotta stop the ndp we gotta stop the liberals don't split the vote and i think that is the worst attitude to have well the conservative party like is just trash so they they if they're ever gonna fix themselves up they need to lose really badly unfortunately uh, in some election or some kind, so they can kind of re-examine themselves, I suppose. I, I don't know. I think but... these alternate parties are addressing some of the, the, the problems that they have. Michelle Rempel, I tried to go to her virtual uh, fucking meeting, her, her virtual meeting, and 
I signed up for it and I never got sent the code. I sent my question in advance, Michelle Rempel. You never answered it. Uh, so I'm going to assume that you think Aaron O'Toole's carbon tax uh, and carbon taxation platform is good for the average Albertan, specifically the average Calgarian. You think that that's what's best for the country and you're supporting it. It's uh, very refreshing that instead of focusing on that, you've decided to uh, launch an investigation on uh, amyl nitrate poppers. That's what she did today. Oh, my God. Yeah, because it's got to be safe. Well, really going after the big issues. You know, because it's a real issue. It's a real issue, real problem, real health hazard. Uh, that um, It's funny because so, even in CBC, they're like, uh, it's like a gay men love using poppers. <laughs> gay men love amyl nitrate poppers. Well, it's like Dina Hinshaw the other day when she's <laughs> like, we need, to, we need to allocate our resources towards other health issues. For example, um, congenital syphilis. And it's like, um, that's a weird thing to bring up. That's like five people per year. Uh, but anyway, people get, that's what it's about. Like they, they get these, it's you know, communicable. they go after the small stuff cause it's easy and harmless. Yeah. Um, I guess, but, I mean, just put a notch on the belt, but like, thank God you're, uh, you know, you established. It's like Aaron, speaking of small petty stuff, did you see Aaron O'Toole did his, uh, he did some stump speech or whatever in Fredericton. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, provide money for a pool. <laughs> a community swimming pool in Fredericton, and uh, really, yeah, Trudeau's going around like dishing out like tens of billions of dollars there's, on like these huge things. There's three world class universities in Fredericton, and Aaron O'Toole's like, I'm gonna gonna give you some money for a pool. <laughs> it was pretty. It's pretty lame. Like no big oh. ideas. He. So the question I was going to get into, and I want to get your thought on it. So first of all, I mean, there's the designated loser thing. Is he like a fall guy in some sense? Like, is he out there just to buy time for someone else? Is Stephen Harper going to make his return that some people believe? Um, Is, are they trying to get something else lined up because they know they don't have something that can beat the, you know, uh, Central Canadian rock star Trudeau politician. No, so never, or, hang on. Okay. Or, and then based on your answer to that question, if he does actually want to win, mm-hmm. if you go that direction, yeah. And you're in his situation now, kind of same thing with Kenny. Like, what would you do to actually win? Uh, like you got to aim for the bleachers. You got nothing. Like you're, you're lame as hell and nobody likes you. What would you do to at least make some fireworks as you're going down? Oh, like, um, so, so back to the first question, like, is he what? a fall guy or. Okay. Did... So Harper, the ghost of Harper doesn't exist. It's, it's a fairy tale. He will never get on the campaign trail because he can't take his wife with him. Okay. <laughs> First of all, he can't take his wife with him. She won't be seen with him in public, from what I understand. Maybe. Theoretic. Like, I'm assuming. It's not a problem for Trudeau. (laughs) Yeah, well, she's just upset that she can't fucking get him and Gomeshi to kiss some more. You're like, you know, honey, you know, we should, you know who we should bring on tour? Like, while we're campaigning? Like, what? Do you think Gomeshi's done? Like, do you think he's ready for 
has he atoned enough? Is he ready for public consumption again? Because that last time where you guys fucking made out, Trudeau will get him set up. That was hot. That was hot. So okay, so okay, so I I don't personally buy the Harper thing either, but I know some people. I know a lot of people who think like that's what's gonna happen, they're or moms. that's the plan. They're, they're idiots, and I don't buy it either. Um, so what's their what's their core argument that that's gonna happen? On the it, fact that he gave an interview, it's complicated. Just these people are more like politically involved with that scene. Oh, okay, so um, they're boomer cons. Uh, well, boomer cons or critiques of boomer or critics of boomer cons because they were like formally involved with that kind of campaigning and stuff like old you know old canadian alliance guys who like know that network and stuff um harper signed on with a uh uh, some consultant company i think it's owned by one x uh dude he's making mad fucking bank so yeah but you don't become prime minister because you want to make money he's at his full of power i mean maybe maybe he just wants to be loved uh, he still probably got that hole in him. Maybe he, maybe he just wants somebody to say like, "Wow, come back, come back, come, and sa- please come save, save us. us." And I I'll, hope people don't. I'll look that down way. and whisper, "No." But <laughs> he wants to have his own of, A lot of the boomer cons talk that way. Yeah. And honestly, compared to Trudeau, Stephen Harper is starting to look like a Boy Scout almost. As bad as Harper was, Trudeau is really, really bad. Much worse than I expected. Um, and like they're they're going hard on some of their crazy ideas that they just throw out there uh that are really unrealistic and damaging but so okay let's so, say okay, Har- so let's say there is happening. no plan for harper to it's come back happening. so it's just tool tools yep. what they've got yep. right now they is they he some kind of fall guy or uh-huh. are they genuinely going to try to win okay it's sort of like uh you know how in like so sport, do, do you, you know think in, he's you know Jeb? Yeah, I think he's Jeb. I it's like in a sports team where you give up your third round draft pick this year so that you can just kind of fucking sit on some, you know, maybe next year you get first round, you you place really shitty. Okay, so do you think there's Mr. No, O'Toole accepts that role delightfully? There's no slaughter rule in politics. Is that why he's saying we shouldn't have an election right now? I, because he wants to hang on for a few more. <laughs> He likes being the leader. He likes being on the bus. No, but like he uh he doesn't have the swagger of a man that enjoys power. There's no bravado to him. There's no um, He's lame. You know, he's he's military. And like if you compare him um whatever you think about the whole military scene, whatever. Uh there's a certain uh presence that a lot of former military politicians have he don't um, got it he don't got it exactly like isn't uh florida desantis isn't he former military or am i wrong not sure he's like again whatever you think of him he's got um he's got a presence like in the sense that trudeau also has trey, a presence. trey gowdy trudeau's presence is very different but again political leaders usually have it in some form or another uh mr aaron o'toole like I mean, there might be something there that we don't recognize because we're just haters. The the question, but yeah. he's got nothing. He seems so lame; it's unbelievable. And and that this isn't a one off. This isn't an accident. Andrew Shear was the last <laughs> guy. Well, we all know why Shear was in the position that he was in because he supported cartels. So the question is, what does uh, what does Aaron O'Toole support other than Israel? Maybe it's just more cartels. Maybe. 
He's like, look, maybe I, the cartel candidate just wins every time. Could, could be the because uh, uh, it is rigged. Even in the leadership race, I don't know if you know this, but they they weight the votes from different places more. So, a vote in the conservative leadership race from uh, Quebec membership is worth more than Alberta votes. Uh, it's very bizarre. Based on a proportion of what? What's the uh, weighting uh, mechanism? You'd have to look it up how it works. Um, I wasn't aware I'm, of that. I'm not, I'm not wrong. This is something I learned in the whole O'Toole victory thing. I don't even remember who his opponents were. Doesn't matter. Oh, it was uh, McKay. Oh, yeah, that's okay, right. Okay, right. Yeah, McKay. Oh, they're all so boring, no one even remembers who they were. But <laughs> Okay, so anyway, yeah, it's very weird. It's very tilted away from what we think of as the conservative heartland, right? In terms of the selection process. So structurally, even if they didn't come in with the shenanigans of the Bernier versus Scheer vote back in the day, um, they still have um, an influence, like a greater influence that manifests as deeply as the way the votes are counted. Okay. So they probably have like each, each Quebecois counts for 1.25 or something like that. Yeah, it's weird. You have to look it up. Uh, I just don't remember the details well enough uh, yeah. to uh, get into it. But I, I think it probably boils down along those lines. Just basically anybody, unless, I mean, from a party perspective, you're just like, look, if you can't win Quebec, you can't win Canada at the end. Well, yeah, pretty much. And it's like, uh, maybe we should, you know, judge a place that is less likely to vote conservative yeah. differently uh, like it's it's pretty weird. Uh, I don't necessarily like the, it, but the whole party's obviously Canadian. Stupid. The Canadian version of the primaries. You gotta get out there and win Idaho. Our Quebec is our Idaho. Well, <laughs> well so, so they've got this Aaron O'Toole guy. Yeah. Following up on Andrew Shear. Yeah. Hard to believe they could get a a less likable person. No. A bigger fuddy duddy. I think uh, like toe. Was it you who described him as a toe? A toe, yeah. Like he's like a toe man. Yeah, and uh, just horrible, horrible. I think he shook the right hands. That's how he got in power. That's why you had the immediate betrayal of Sloan. Sloan's now starting a party that no one cares about. Uh, granted, he is giving voice to the religious right in Canada, and uh, that's wonderful. Good for you, but you don't you don't got it neither. Um. I can't stand when people just fire up these federal parties and they've got like nothing. If you can't get get something somewhere, right? Like yeah. can you get someone on a city council? Can you get someone on a in a provincial legislature? Like <laughs> our best you, our best maverick. Or or can you do what the Green Party did? You know how they got Elizabeth May in there? They just basically piled all their resources into the one yeah. uh district that and Bernier, could get them a seat. And Bernier lost his. Bernier lost his, which is fucking brutal from the standpoint of but a party that, you know, just started. pretty much was all about the leaders being kicked out of the party he was in. Yeah, it's uh, it's fucking rough. That yeah, was a disaster. But but he's still out and kicking. He's still running around, getting arrested, not giving a fuck. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty amusing in some ways. Uh, I hats off. I mean, I, so, so we got O'Toole. Yep. He probably knows he can't win. 
And maybe that's why he wants to buy some time. I, Not that I think it just gets worse for him the longer he exists. Because I think he sees it pragmatically. He sees that uh, the conservatives will remain the opposition uh, in name only because uh, NDP and uh, the bloc hold the balance there, really. Because um, they're, as Polyev said, they're all the same party. Um, they, uh, I think he just wants to ride it out. I think he, uh, if we're going to put it in military terms, he just wants his, he just wants his fucking commission and he's going to ride it out. Get that fucking pension. Just ride it out. Don't make waves. Be electable. But don't win. I want you to, he's, he's running a race to place. To show. Okay? He just wants to show. He doesn't want to win. Okay? That's I, his, that's his play. So he's not saying he, you know, he'll come out. Yeah. But, uh, here's my idea for uh, like the reason why you can say, oh, uh, here's my carbon tax plan. Cause it'll never fucking get done. Yeah. And that's actually one of the reasons why I thought like he was set up to fail. Like they now apparently, apparently <laughs> the, the, according to their research, uh, this idea can sell in Ontario. Uh, good luck. Uh -huh. No one likes it. You might as well just vote for Trudeau. It but might sell because the banks make a boatload of money. They they take their fucking pick of the litter. Eh, yeah, that'll get like you open how many executives to max out their contributions. You open how but... many quote unquote saving accounts? Oh no, this? it's a total. It's total like sweet deal for the cronies because it literally siphoned. I can get my stupid carbon tax rebate which is the whole thing is dumb but i can get my carbon tax rebate and go buy video games or computers or uh books or stereos uh this way you've like i can basically decide what to spend my reduced money with once i get it it's the there it's like no you have to spend it on these special things that we've decided that have been uh, determined by our industry partners these credits like, oh how convenient how do i get on that list how do i get to be on the list that some people <laughs> oh. are only allowed to spend billions of dollars on like us few companies yeah you're looking you're, but that's one of you're the thinking reasons. about running again aaron oh do, how do i oh you want some money Anyway, that that idea was so dumb, it made me think that it was part of the self, like the intentional destruction of O'Toole, because the plan, whatever arguments they can make, unless I'm missing something, the plan is clearly more retarded than even the current liberal plan. Look, if we can smell the grift, smart people can smell that grift too. It's a signal. So he's not doing it to win. And he's sending out the right signals. He says, look, I will turn this place upside down for money. <laughs> yeah, but if he doesn't <laughs> win, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. But he, he's just like, look, Trudeau's going to have a heart attack or his wife's going to stab him in his sleep at some point. Or he, you know what? The next election, I'm going to bring up blackface. Okay, guys. So, but like now I'm just going to get all these shitties out, uh, ideas out there so that you can understand but I'm willing to fucking play it's ball. Just too bizarre. What was the uh, like? I mean, he's got his swimming pool thing. That I'm gonna I'm gonna build the... a swimming pool. I just don't get it. Like, uh, this is Canadian politics. Uh, it's uh, we. It's unlikely that we have a non-Canadian listener, but 
we Canadian do. We do. political leaders are the lamest people on the entire planet. And Trudeau is very well known because he's so unusual. That's why so much attention is on him relative to all the previous ones we've had. Um, it's And I don't know, just the opposition now for the very destructive current argument government in ottawa is incredibly weak and hilariously lame like lame is the ultimate word so he's uh yeah he's the designated loser he's not running the win he's running the show and he's signaling the whole time how fucking how insane he's willing to go if he ever fucking gets the call hopefully and and most of the back, like I suspect, probably most of the party people are like, you're not gonna fucking win, but you're not gonna rock the boat neither. You're not gonna like, lose any fucking ground to uh, a, a another conservative party. Um, so you're not gonna lose us ground, really. You're gonna lose us some ground, but you got to come out and you can't say anything strongly one way or another. All, all your ideas are dumb, but those boomer comms will will vote for you because we we can't split the vote okay but um that goes back to the thing i was saying before like they they think so if maybe he can hold steady because he's lame he's not gonna lose hard he's not gonna win hard yeah he's not gonna win barely he's just like if if he's He's just just there to basically hold the line yeah um then even then it's kind of like what what is the argument for his argument? Like his big ad campaign right now is like, we shouldn't have an election because the fourth wave is coming. That is the worst, stupidest possible thing uh, a so-called conservative leader could say uh, when you've got Justin Trudeau as your enemy. And keep in mind, of course, that's the conservative leader. So... Uh, we have observed, of course, in the last year plus, there is a major divide when it comes to left and right and the whole virus situation. That not, is very not, important. Not, not really. And no, it's it's considerable. It's it, like borne out constantly. So that would mean there's probably only like, m- remember that uh, that poll? Uh, who put out the poll? Um, Nanos? Yeah, Nanos. The Nanos poll. I don't know. It's just it's it's baffling to me. Again, it all comes down, I suppose, to the question: like, is 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 he this stupid, or is he intentionally trying to go down? I we ask ourselves that every week, and it just we used to ask it about Kenny, and now we've decided that he's not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we asked it about Sheer, and we were like, yeah, he is stupid. <laughs> now we're asking about our tool, and we're like. Well, is he stupid? And the answer I'm gonna have to say is yes. It's just amazing. Like he wants to are we stupid or we just think we're smarter than everyone? Are these like the greatest political minds in Canada? Just <sighs> like playing I no, I think we're out of touch with the just like them, we're out of touch with the the common people. I've we're out of touch with them. Yeah, like, we are. Yeah, they think very differently. They don't seem to care about anything anyone actually cares about. The uh, uh, our pal Pierre. Yeah. 
is basically the only guy who talks about any kind of interesting thing, as far as I can tell. He's also the only guy that'll go out. And he's a little fiery, and he yeah. kind of... He's, he's got it. He's... He's like, I don't it. really like him that much, to be honest. I love it's, him. Um, but he's, he's, I don't know, he's got some pizzazz to him or something. There's, he's like, he throws some real zingers. He's alive. he's a bomb chucker. He's alive, dude. Yeah, he's- yeah, okay, that's actually a good word for it. But, uh, what was I going to say? The That's the only, that's the only standout that I got. Yeah, it is. He's if you ask the average Canadian who Pierre Polyev is, they know who he is. I'm telling you. Well, he's the most. Uh, he's like the most followed conservative politician. No. So he he has but, it. He but either anyway, gets it or his I brought team him gets up it. Is he brings things up that are kind of like big issues that go after some things that supposedly the right in Canada, such as it is, cares about. No. Um, so he goes after the spending, the economic stuff, like the, he he goes after good issues. Basically, you don't hear anything like that from anyone else or so it seems. Am I not paying attention? No. Or is he the only guy they've got out there? Like is the bulldog. Maybe he's the only guy that's reaching us. But the thing is, he's been reaching us for a year and a half. You know what I mean? And, and he's reaching us because he's the only one doing it as far as I can tell. I think so. Um, Rempel used to be a beast. Yeah. So, like, now now it, I got to vote her out. <laughs> <laughs> she won't, she won't take my questions. I can't watch her meetings. They never, they never rebroadcast it. It wasn't fucking public. Um, and, uh, she won't have it outdoors. Uh, and Sorry, you gotta go because I don't think you have I don't think you have a good justification for what you're trying to support, and I don't think Aaron O'Toole's got it. So, I'd like you might like Dina Hinshaw, you may be a great soldier, but you picked the wrong leader. Like it's it, I just can't do it. So, I gotta go. I gotta start doing some research. I gotta look into whoever from the Maverick Party is gonna run. I gotta look into whoever from the Wild Rose Independence Party is gonna run. well, I, I would do some research. It's not like anybody's going to run a libertarian candidate in my riding. There might be a PPC, but um, I, I know whoever runs as a libertarian candidate is going to be a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we've talked I, about some of the low-quality folks in the scene. Yeah. And a lot of them jumped ship to PPC because early on when PPC came on the scene, it was yeah. a lot more liberal or uh i guess yeah. classical liberal libertarian in orientation because it was based on a lot of max bernie's original platform yeah um accountability it got kind of caught up in this whole i guess um i don't know what the most generic way to describe it is like a little bit more i guess right-wing populist sort of issues and of course because it was the only party that said like uh reduce or whatever immigration stop mass got a lot of uh, that's what got them in shit yeah that's that became basically the only issue they could talk about because the billboard yeah pretty much um <laughs> so basically but earlier on there was a lot more synergy they were talking about merging at one point with the libertarian party um but that uh didn't pan out for obviously various reasons <laughs> but but it sucked a lot of energy and people out of the libertarian it's like party. when they want to invite those shitty fucking nations into the eu and everyone's like no don't do it 
fuck fuck the libertarian party of canada like what you're like you're as bad or worse than the libertarian part of the like in the u.s like you guys can't even figure out who you're willing to cooperate with okay so go join the ppc have a set of like be electable well, libertarianism has a problem right now with um, the infusion of, I guess, the cult of woke, um, like with a lot of scenes. Oh, libertarian uh, plus? Is there libertarian <laughs> yeah, plus, like atheism plus? Yeah, basically, like uh, it's dealing, like the libertarian party in the U.S. is dealing with a lot of that stuff right now. It's kind of panning out with a lot of drama, and it's quite, uh, quite a scene to behold. Libertarianism as a social philosophy is not incompatible with these things. You can choose to do these things how, like, or live however you want. Just stay off my lawn. It's okay if you wanna, if you wanna behave in a certain manner and think a certain way and tell other people that's how they should also live their lives. It's got nothing to do with me. Uh, well, but at, at its core, the cult of social justice and, uh, wokeism or whatever you want to call it, that post Marxist leftist philosophy that we're up against or ideology. Um, it, it is incompatible with libertarianism. So no, it doesn't gel. Not you, to mention should, those people are like mentally ill. They're crazy. They're not like normal left wing people. They're not like normal left liberals. They, they're um, like, they're worse than jihadis. They destroy everything. And that's literally what they want to do. They are. Oh, am I taking, the, am I taking the classical libertarian view of it's not my fucking problem? Am I doing it? I don't know. I'm doing it. It's not my problem. Uh, but it is your problem. It's everybody's problem. Well, if it can be, unless you're an accelerationist, <laughs> the clown world party. Let's go. Yeah, unless you're striving for maximum clown world. Um. Well, okay. So can. Uh, no, they're critical. Here, here's the basic Have problem. you done your praxis for today? You have to put this into action, bro. At least they have a creed. They're critical theorists and it'll eat itself. The question is how many of us are going to die until that happens? Yeah, exactly. So yes, you do have to keep them out of power. And libertarianism or really any kind of a rationalist epistemology or ethic requires certain presuppositions about uh, <laughs> knowledge reduce the problem by one like these people basically are attacking reason itself okay so i i think this uh, we, we talked about so it, yeah I, they're terrible we, and they're we, getting into the whole libertarian party stuff and it's you know it's obviously my quote issue. is my quote is too good to waste so Stephen Harper, in his interview, on uh, first trying to lecture, uh, uh, you know. Is but, this the Rex Murphy interview? Yeah, Rex Murphy just juicing, <laughs> just juicing up Harper. He's like, oh, my God, is is so bad. Stephen Harper came out of retirement to fucking give an interview because he, you know, he's a private man. He would never say anything untowards. He's a true statesman. Like, God bless you, Rex Murphy. But, dude, you're carrying water right now. And he... uh. He goes, oh, first he uh, shat on Trudeau over macroeconomics. And it's just like, yeah, and, and, and 
you're not much better, dude. I'm sorry. You were never that much better. Granted, we didn't go through, you know, nothing was quite this bad, but it has to get this bad to have a, a point of reference. But he started bitching about woke culture. And the first thing I thought of is the 1996 riots in L.A. And the one fucking shop owner running around. Everybody's like running around. Shit's on fire. Uh, and he's like, why y'all doing this? I can't believe you've done this. You know, like, what's wrong with y'all? And, and, and just yelling to no one in particular. Because his shop fucking got burnt down. So tolerating uh, these these types of ideology, these types of people in in public by saying, you know, I can't believe you've done this. You've, you've burnt down my fucking place of business. You're destroying your own neighborhood. That's that's you guys just bitching about woke shit. Oh, my God, they're so bad. Oh, can you believe what they believe? Yeah, exactly. It'll look good in 20 years like. Fucking hats you know, off. You know how you you know what the uh, prime illustration of that is in our current situation. What conservatives are complaining all the time about all kinds of left wing insanities and all kinds of derangements. Obama had a party. Yeah, and sure. I mean, like, fuck these people, dude. You can you can. There's a place for all that kind of dumb stuff, um, but. <laughs> But that's become like the big focus because they have no, they have no culture. They've themselves. lost sight of what cult or what conservatism is. They don't know what they're conserving, so they're just basically reacting to the left. They're like the anti-left. They're not um, conservative in any way. Uh, but the biggest way to illustrate that is for all their complaints about all these different things. They keep their kids in the public schools. And if they were really serious about anything, about like, oh, these indoctrination factories or whatever, it, it basically all comes out of there. And if, you, if the conservative doesn't get the public school issue, the free and compulsory education issue, then they just don't get it. And they can't fight back against the the left that they uh, laugh at and hate and are saying is the great danger. You'll encounter these guys who use the old Breitbart quote. Um, Politics is downstream from culture, right? Uh You hear that all the time. People think they're like super sophisticated when they use that. Uh But, I mean, what's the next level? What's... What's culture downstream from? I think it's education. I think it's... And as a family, no matter what Trudeau's doing, no matter what Jason Kenney's doing, no matter what Nenshi is doing, you have a lot of control in this world still about how your children get educated if you take that responsibility upon yourself, which I think, I don't know, terrifies people or they do as many people will admit or point out that they just want like a really expensive babysitter uh, all day while they're at work. But that's the real thing. And that shows conservatives are not serious and they are impotent in the face of this uh, 
cultural onslaught. I made a note. Um, it's a belief without action isn't truly belief. I guess you can use your own intuition to figure out whether these people are tolerable or not, but like sitting around bitching about it isn't going to fucking stop anything. People who are conservative in this country or, or people that at least have a love of, of freedom, um, th they're just not going to do shit because like good big owl libertarians, it's not their fucking problem. But isn't isn't in theory, isn't that the difference between the libertarian who's like, leave me out of it. I don't want to be involved. You know, I mean, the stereotypical kind. Anyways. Not my clowns, not my circus. Um, whereas the conservative is like, yeah, I uh, uh, it, it involves me. Yeah, it involves my community. Partial birth abortions. Now, the libertarian would be like, look. OK, so even yeah. actually. So what do you think about this? Okay. So that comes up sometimes in Canadian politics. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's a big thing Rare. in the U S but it comes up here and it's used to like, you know, smack down, uh, conservatives as, you know, bigots or women haters or living in the stone age or whatever. Um, but it's not, it's not like a huge thing here, but think about, think about that in terms of what we're talking about. Um, the, the, uh... so it's, it's a really big moral issue for a lot of people and they're like, well, we got to do something about it. Blah, 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 blah. And, and they, you know, they get these fundraising letters like, yeah, they're going to abort babies two minutes before they're born. Yeah. Send us in some money for the campaign and people write the checks and, and he's driving around the fucking the money. abortion. So mobile. it's part of it. Um, and it's a, and it's a big issue, but. It's it's not the right place to focus, uh, you know, from a conservative perspective, because it's like the battle's already been lost. If you're talking about that, that is the consequences of a series of developments. You have to step things back and be like, uh, what did we fail to conserve such that we're in the situation where we're talking about, you know, some of these uh abortion issues the way they're talked about now but again these it's it's what you're talking about these people that are like look what you did you burned down the neighborhood look what look what you've done and no awareness that um you know focusing on where the left is pushing the line next like no grasp of where you would pull the line the other way. Like what goal are you going towards? The right is in total disarray, total confusion, doesn't have really anything they have to no... offer. Well, because uh, on a because the liberals won the abortion thing, uh, the conservatives no longer uh, think they're right about God anymore. Um, and uh, they've, because they're like, well, I think I think they're coming for your kids. I think that's the only thing you can fucking do. See, I don't know how you can be like I think there's you, lots of different kinds of right wingers. Yeah, you just gotta talk about their kids. People trying to fuck their kids, people trying to vax their kids, people trying to <laughs> uh people trying to vax and fuck their kids, people trying to make their kids think a certain way and they're like, Oh, that'll never happen in public school. I mean America will have that debate for us and then us Canadians who have no fucking autonomy or a sense of identity whatsoever will just live downstream 
So if you want to talk about downstream, how about another Breitbart? Like Canada is downstream from the United States. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, well, they'll figure it out down there and then eventually come up here and we'll put our Canadian sensibilities on it because we're so much fucking better. And uh, yeah, then it won't be an issue. And it's just like, well, go, go learn something about critical theory. Go look at it. Go see how it's applied to uh, current structures. And see what it will reap. See what it will get you. And yeah, if you want to take the big L, big L libertarian approach and say it's not your fucking problem. I don't feel strongly about anything. I'm a fucking libertarian centrist. You can all fuck off for all I care, but I'll still pay my taxes and keep my kid in public school. Yeah, the public school thing is the biggest one. Like, whatever you are, it seems like you're not serious about it if you're... Heck, even if you're a freaking... I mean, if you're a full-blown communist, even, and, uh, you know, you think of the system as, like, you know, neoliberal propaganda or whatever. I don't I don't like to look at that John Locke book. You know? they, they still they still go with the public schools and everything, but I think they feel more uh I think the left generally feels more comfortable about the public schools than the right does. Dude, they so, can they can swag out. They don't give a shit. They just put their dick on the table and they're like, We're why? teaching your kids uh so in between telling your kids we're gonna talk to your kids about critical race theory first and then we're gonna talk to them um about um Climate change. Climate change. Your dad's job is killing the planet. Uh, by the way. And, uh, and your dad's racist. And your mom's also a bigot. Your skin color is your sin. Just so you know. Um, and you're killing the planet. And How then, dare you? And then later we're going to have a, uh, a a dude dressed up as a woman come read you a story. I oh, yeah. And, I, you're, and you're sick. You're contaminated with like... The uh, quadra variant of the, or the sugma, or the ligma variant. <laughs> ligma variant. You're a leper. And the Wendy's. You variant. didn't get your ninth booster shot. You're a leper. Uh, that it's very important that personal liberties be set aside in times of crisis. And if you think that that's some, if you don't think that's something they're going to teach your kids, then you're wrong. Did I ever tell you the story about uh, the essays we had to write in, what, grade 10? Whatever grade you study Russia in Alberta high schools. No. Grade 9 or 10. Tell me. Okay, so. Grade 10. This is all you need to know about public high schools. Uh-huh. I, I went there. I am the prod. I am a straight C. So we do, like, this unit on Russia, and it's, like, uh, you know, like, a couple months long or whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's not engaging you know it's high school social studies it's pretty brutal yeah um and you know now i'm like that's pretty interesting but back then you're like whatever yeah um so you're learning about russia uh you learn about like the russian revolution and world war uh two and stalin and stuff and then so one of the issues because they're kind of bringing in like you know uh, some political philosophy into it i guess uh one of the things that they spell out is that um oh stalin this guy he uh you know industrialized the nation but many people died in the process so like you know there was you might say there was um some benefits and some drawbacks 
so anyway the the essay question that we get is basically that question it's like was it um uh basically spells it out just like that like stalin uh increase the prosperity of the nation but at great cost or whatever um so it recognizes that like you know millions and millions of people die in the course of like turning uh the soviet union into like a superpower from basically nothing like a backwards tsarist uh, country so it's a question and it's like you have to make the argument um and mr robinson was the teacher and he said uh, i remember asking my dad about like the essay question later on he, was, he like went off on this rant but mr robinson told me that i was the only person in the class who said it wasn't worth it mm. he told me that about my essay so that means basically 30 other kids said yes it was worth it for stalin to kill millions of people so that um you know they could crank out widgets faster the hollow and how do you pronounce that the hollow domor yeah the Holodomor was worth it. Ukrainians yeah, so, aren't Ukrainians aren't really people. So already th- somehow they've baked in the intuition. Now there might be an aspect of like maybe that was an easier argument to make. Uh, so like that's an easier way to do the test, but still, that's the whole class. So conversely, it's like, was oh there- your GDP went up. Conversely, was there a... Uh, so it's a com- like a video game to kids already. It's mm-hmm. like these lives can be sacrificed so that we get these uh, points. But what about... It's like the, you're playing Civ Five. What about the Indians? What about the natives? It, was it worth all them dying? You would have to reach the same conclusion, wouldn't you? Yeah, but that wasn't on the essay question. But the GDP went up. If you put on, that one down, then you've got another thing. The GDP Now, I remember, I remember Louis Riel was basically portrayed as a crazy person in the high school textbooks. Hmm. And I think that was very interesting because um, it seemed that, yes, he might have been a crazy person. Might have been. And the true hero is Gabriel Dumont, as we all know. But, um, you know, that's kind of interesting. Like, can they say that about Louis Riel these days? <sighs> it- it's out of fashion. It might come back around. You might see people running around with Louis L, uh, Louis Riel flags. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he'll be the Canadian Che Guerrero. It's too bad we can't have Gabriel Dumont, like the the true original Western Canadian patriot. Yeah, but like that's... we should bring back his flag. Do you know what his problem was? He was too awesome for Canada. No, he didn't do it in uh, Ontario. And he wasn't um, British enough or uh, powerful enough or remarkable enough or mattered at all in Ontario and Quebec. His problem is he chose the wrong side of the fucking country to do it on. But that was his people. That's where they were living. Fuck him. No, but what are, where is, who are you? They don't care. F- they don't care. Well, yeah, exactly. But because he's Westerner, it's easier but- to say Louis Rail because he was a, f- a fucking Quebecois. Oh, you're talking about right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I want you have to pick Louis Rell if you want to talk about anti-Canadian, whatever. I think it's actually the best time to be against the Canadian state uh, because uh, no one likes Trudeau. Uh, Aaron O'Toole's a lot fun. of people like Trudeau. No, they don't like him. They just don't like. Probably a good thirty percent of the country likes him. Yeah, you think? 
Maybe. Or I think he'll win. I think he'll win an election. Absolutely. No, but, but I think people actually like there are people who really like Trudeau. Huh. And I can see why. He gets a lot of great so press. Do I. Like, he gets I can't a lot stand of great him, press. That's politics, man. He gets great press and he like he's a good con man. He understands what politics is. Yeah, he does. Yeah, we we had he's that discussion. Actor. He's a proper politician. Yeah, he's a good actor. Um, actually, he's a terrible actor, but he's <laughs> the st- the it's, it works a little differently. He in had Ottawa. to pretend like he didn't like it when he kissed Gomeshi. Oh, he liked it. No, he had to. He pre- didn't he pretend. Had, he had to- <laughs> there was no pretending. That was he, like raw emotion on display. Yeah, he's just like, no, there's nothing wrong with this. I'm just like, well, it's a, another man's tongue in your mouth, but I guess there's nothing wrong with it. So that's basically the state of things. I think we've gone from uh, the local, provincial level all the way up to the cosmic, philosophical level. Um, not, and not. the right, the right is, uh, you know, in pretty bad shape in Canada these days. Um, it doesn't really have a, a, a political angle at the moment. Um, so then... I have the to, best thing it could do is uh, probably just anti-lockdown stuff. We got to talk about that Nanos poll. We got to. What's the Nanos poll again? So the Nanos poll showed that um, only 24% of Canadians oppose mandatory vaccinations and domestic passports for vaccination. 24%. Do you know what this means? You, um. Okay, uh, I guess the, the poll number itself doesn't matter because as we were talking about before recording, how like it's you, fra- can, you can really change the results depending on how it's phrased, especially on things like that as we learned with some of the earlier ones. But I get what you're saying. The main issue, if we want to boil it down, is that one way or another, we can nitpick about the number, but it seems that a majority of Canadians... Are you opposed, strongly are opposed? In, are yeah. like totally down with... Uh, do you agree or strongly mandatory agree? vaccinations yeah. and or vaccine passport type systems 24 which so, are basically the same thing because do you, do you know what that means what it's fucking open season those are some great numbers one in five one in five i don't have to give a fuck about one in five i can get some real shit done with 76 percent of the population I can get some uh, real shit done. Like I'm talking, I'm talking your kids. I'm talking people under 12. It's not like we haven't gone against the manufacturer's statements before here in uh, Canada. Okay, but I'm, I see what you're saying, but the the issue with that is there's not the translation doesn't necessarily work like that, right? It's uh, so. If I um, or, let's and, say let's say I have a poll that says ninety percent of the population wants to uh, um, uh, help the environment, okay. Uh, people aren't necessarily going to disagree with it, but there's certain practical realities that kick in that prevent it from going anywhere. Okay. Now I'm not saying some of this stuff is going nowhere because depending on where you are, it's going somewhere. And I mean, I think a lot of us see where this is going if it's not sufficiently opposed. It won't but be. I don't think, I think people are overestimating how easy it's going to be to come in. For example, one oh, of the things on. I'd like to point out is 
for example, so one of the only places right now that uh, in the U.S. that uh, wants to do it is uh, New York City. Yeah. Um, they announced that you need basically a pass to go to the restaurant. Yeah. Um, now, this is incredibly racist. Um, racist. Yeah. yeah. It has inc- a fairly astonishing racial implications that I think are very interesting because, again, the left is the one that loves the lockdowns the most. They love the mandatory uh, or vaccine passport type idea the most. Um, in New York, it's worse than the country in general. It's like under 30% for the country in general. But it's like 10 or 12% in New York City. So you want to cut off 90% of the black people in New York City, which is like that's bigger than the whole population of Chicago almost. Yeah. You want to just you want to make it illegal for them to go to a restaurant? It's insane. And there's just layers to this that it's not elite. it's going to bump up against reality in some way. Now, obviously, people can put up with a lot of total nonsense. Uh like we take off our shoes at the airport, which we for all of history we never had to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's dumb. We one, shouldn't have to one do guy. It. One guy. It's a silly example, but it's just to illustrate it's a great like example. you can We'll do ridiculous things, but this is almost too much. And maybe I'm too, uh, um, maybe I've got the blinders on or something. It's just, I don't see how it can work the way people are envisioning it. Like think about the terrorist watch list. What if, what a disaster that thing is now imagine something way more complicated, way more impossible. Like, like a, these vaccine passports, like there's a, million, There's all these different kinds of vaccines. They've already had Canadian travelers get cut off from their trips. You mean like a federal... Because it's like, oh, I got a Moderna mixed with a AstraZeneca vaccine. What do you mean I can't come to your country? It's an easy... No, you know what? Those are easy problems to no. fix, and it's a great win. It's a great win. I go out there. I save Canadians from the... Uh, I cut through the red tape. I save them. No, but this is just <laughs> this is just the tiniest example that it's coming up on right away. Yeah. It's it's it throws it basically dumps like wet cement into an engine. But people don't It's wa- just I'm, not going to I'm work. telling you people don't want to go fast and on top of that, they got nowhere to be. No. I they think nowhere- I think it's the opposite. I think and as we're seeing in Alberta cuz we are at the cutting edge I think we're actually winning. The anti-lockdown side is basically winning. And the the maniacs are making these desperate grabs of power late in the game because it's their last chance to do it. Or they're just deranged and politically motivated to get it out there. But I think it's actually a sign of desperation rather than a sign of um, uh, them winning. Mm, I I don't really look at it as a struggle of of these two meters up and down. What it tells me is that there will be no repercussions for whatever I decide to do. That's what it tells me. It tells me my MPs are not in jeopardy. It means that my majority within the House of Commons is secure, no matter how far I want to take this. And it's only through my benevolence that I don't take your kids out of school, strap them down, and fucking. They can't even pay their own employees. <laughs> the, like, <laughs> that, we're ta- are, we're you talking, mean the NDP? 
No, we're talking about the government that can't like the Fe- this is the Phoenix pay system. Oh no, government. no, but this this would be uh, like the, none of the this gover- is going to work. We wouldn't outsource this uh, to another company. We would do this ourselves with our own troops. Our seventy five percent obese Canadian military forces, mm-hmm. um, just like Australia, went out there and and the troops really pitched in. Uh, patrolling uh, the streets, making okay. sure everybody had their... Uh... The whole... Sorry, the whole Australia thing is truly astonishing. Like, I don't know if I never truly grasped what that country was about. Yeah. But I think... I mean, I think there's a problem in the whole British Commonwealth that makes us kind of like zombie-like. Mm-hmm. But what is with Australia? How How have they gotten themselves into this? And how do they get out of it? Because they, they have entered the twilight world they don't they're gonna have to um just fucking take their beats they're gonna have to take their beats because there's not a fucking thing they can do about it so now that's pretty much um the polar opposite from the philosophy that i mean maybe to bring it uh full circle in a sense but that's pretty much polar opposite what they're doing versus the philosophy that uh, Dina Hinshaw has uh, brought to the table in yeah. Alberta. And obviously, Alberta is a much better place to be in the virus panic. But, um, I mean, England was also insane. Canada was one of the worst places. Yeah. Uh, but Australia, by, I mean, was and it sending every- in the army is just like, that is the point where you've totally descended into madness. Like, you've unleashed the news- monsters. Yeah, there was a... A UK news article about uh, the cops opened fire on, on a guy who broke quarantine. They were like, oh, he was driving towards us. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. That's sick. I mean. but it, re- It's but, like but, Iraq but, when somebody's driving to a check stop. They're like, shoot him. He might be a bomber. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you afraid of somebody driving their car? Do you think you're doing something wrong? Do you think people are upset? Insane. Yeah. I. Look, it's weird. I don't know how they get out of it. I watched those uh, YouTube, like the the Rebel videos of uh, fucking What's-His-Face down there. He seems like a fucking great lad. I'd go have a beer with that yeah, guy. Yeah, he seems like a fun guy. Yeah, he seems like a fella. He seems like just one of the boys, you know? Yeah. Right? And he's he, there's nothing sleazy or gross. He's got, you know, clearly he grinds. Clearly he's got a hustle. But, like, um, he just, he seems affable, easy to get along with. And, uh, you know, he's not, he's not. Yeah, you'd have wings and beer with them. Like yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you'd invite them. Do you know what I mean? Like, you'd go out of your way and be like, buddy, come yeah, on. give him a call. See yeah, what give he's him doing. a call. Anyways. The, uh, but, anyways, so he. Uh, is there anywhere worse than that? Uh, uh, fucking uh, uh, Duarte, uh, Philippines. Okay, does that count, though? Like, are, the, are they held up to the same standards? Because in Asia, like, they're pretty nuts about stuff. Uh, or are they like i don't know, I don't know man that guy's idiot. got some fucking sound bites so on. in western in the western world and by I don't, that i guess i mean i would include like japan normally in the more westernized are the Asian philippines I, I go by g20 that's kind of like who i figure out who i should be paying attention to yeah right yeah i think that's fair it's a good proxy for like modern social democracy that's basically well it seems to correlate with with economic output and that's why you're in the g20 yeah it's, so anyways uh 
Yeah, probably. I don't think it is. No, it definitely isn't. Actually, now that I think about it, but like, because France, I think, had like, oh yeah, some pretty France, major protests. No, and there were some beatings in the streets. But again, the Australia thing that like they sent in the army. <laughs> it's yeah. There was uh, they're running around uh, downtown uh, saying, "Show me your papers." Yeah, well, that was the French thing, right? Yeah. Papers, please. It's, it's terrible. It's creepy. It's, so what, it's total dystopia. So the last and year that happened. some libertarians are like, this is awesome. It's awesome. There was uh, some guy on Twitter who's like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a fucking hardcore capitalist. And he's just like, you got to get these vaccines. You got to get them in. You well, Calgary them. Chamber of Commerce uh, just said they support vaccine passports. Oh, nice. They were the guys who also supported the mask bylaw. And all this crap because they think it makes business like better for them. It's like makes it worse. Anything you do to make it shittier to go to your shitty store is worse for business. But if we make everything shitty. No, that's we, the thing. That's the mistake. 24%. People just don't go. 24%. People just don't go. Get fucked. 24%. I don't care. And you know what? If I'm having troubles. No, the twenty four percent literally daddy, for business is the difference between like big daddy, surviving and not surviving. Big daddy, you need the piece of that twenty four percent that would otherwise come to your business. You you need them, and that again ignores all the practical issues. Like I don't see how this, these things can possibly persist. If I'm wrong, though, I'm I'm open to the possibility. Because uh, the world is crazy enough. Who knows? Big Daddy Trudeau just bail me out, bro. Come on now. I think we're good in Alberta, though. I think uh, I'm. I'm glad things are kind of here's, here's the real the least terrible. Here's the real in question: the uh, Anybody who's not in Alberta, do you have any confidence that the courts will back you up if you have a problem with this? Do you think the courts will back you up? In three years, when somebody actually has the money and the wherewithal to go and challenge it by some fucking No, I don't miracle. think they will. No, they will not because there is a, especially at the federal level, there's it a. It was an emergency. Uh, but there's the Alberta. Uh, bill of Rights. Bill of Rights. Alberta has a Bill of Rights. And inside there, so the argument is that you cannot supersede these rights unless you have a. Uh, so in in order to get the notwithstanding portion of it, you actually have to can like have a vote about it. You can't just be handed the power by uh by declaring an emergency. They actually have to vote first to say these human rights <laughs> human rights that the state gave you don't apply right now because this is too important. So they have to do their they have to do their work ahead of time. Now, whether that'll actually hold up, whether that is how we'll be perceived or, or they'll simply say, look, it's too important. And regardless of whether the law looks that way or if they didn't follow whatever the fuck they were supposed to do, we all kind of knew what they were doing and it's okay. So I'm just going to ignore this because I'm a Canadian judge. Do you think, is that what they did in uh, Ontario with Ford? Because didn't they do some campaign finance law thing and uh, like, used, this is unconstitutional he used said, the notwithstanding he used the notwithstanding clause to override a, a judge's uh agreement or or argument or ruling sorry uh judge's ruling uh that 
unions were allowed to contribute over a certain amount of money to political campaigns. So, uh, cause they fought it all the way and they, they said, yeah, like this is political speech and you can't limit political speech. So is that like what you're talking about? Did they have to do like a vote on that? Well, or I don't really know how. No, I, I'm just saying that's how the Alberta human rights are like, oh. that's how it works. You can't sort of, like, it's not like the federal one where it's baked into the first fucking sentence. So you don't hear, I like, yeah, I've always kind of known it's out there. We, we don't hear about it ever basically i only saw it because i looked at a fucking legal document uh <laughs> challenging it just saying like look you have to fucking have that vote you didn't have that vote so it doesn't fucking work you can't overrule these things it's a fundamental fucking it's underneath everything and you don't get to supersede it unless you have a vote to say that you can supersede it yeah so a procedural uh argument or a technical technicality and uh and yeah, that's that it basically you're throwing things up to give a judge an opportunity to tick off a box. Yeah, he's but not, they have to decide. It's like you can bring the horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yeah. And they you know, it's it's too bad, but the the judge I I don't know I don't have too much faith in like their uh I don't, their sense of honor, I guess. And I think uh they can rationalize pretty much anything they want uh yeah i think they can just say well it doesn't apply in this case or that's a valid argument because i want it to be a valid argument i i know but like who's going to supersede them you just take it up to the next court who basically goes like well you know if our buddy said that then it's got to be true i don't think he uh like look man i golf with yeah that. and you're I, ultimately in the government's own courts i golf with that it's, guy it's like suing ottawa over its carbon tax yeah it's not gonna work which i think is uh you know worth a shot whatever yeah, someone's got to like, do it i guess you got to get the ruling out there but so, so, it just goes to show uh that they uh well we know where their bread is buttered yeah so there it all boils down to if we if we if there's no shenanigans with how it's phrased or whatever else, but the thing is, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the sentiment mirrored in my in my peer group, in you know, online's a distortion, but you know, there's enough people that fucking think that way that they don't. If you believe in total body autonomy and and maybe you're you've got some kind of oppositional defiance disorder, like a lot of fucking libertarians seem to have uh you just don't you know you're not comfortable taking it and you don't but what drives you nuts is that someone would fucking pick up a you know a stick and say fucking take it or else uh if that puts you off you're in the minority and no one's coming to save you no one not the courts not the politicians, not your friends or family. Okay? You're in an extreme minority. So you either have to mobilize with that minority and, and, and try to protect what you can or take your fucking beats. Just take your beats like Australia does, and that's it. You may think that Canada and Alberta is going to be fucking different. 
I don't necessarily think Canada is going to be different, but I don't think it'll fly in Alberta. Uh, you're not allowed maybe to, in a you're couple not years, leave the province and maybe in a couple years it's like if that, uh it, notley comes in she's like all right we're going in with past vaccine passports i yeah. don't think it's gonna last that long it's like the joe rogan joke of the terrorist cell phone network they're like look if if the terrorist cell phone network had five bars everywhere all the time for sure you'd fucking use it and you'd be like well i need it for work it's not that, you, like, because people don't, they don't, it's not worth the fucking fight. It's not worth losing your house over. Do you know what I mean? That's why it's 24%. Uh, I think that side might be underestimated, and I uh, think we're uh, going to win. I think the, the only reason the question's being asked is because they're the lockdown fanatics are freaking out because they're losing. I maybe, however, I think it's more like they're trying to figure out how many inches they got lift they can left they can push you. Oh yeah. Well yeah, they're still pushing it, but they've already hit in most places they've already hit the limit on that. I don't know, man. I, There's some true anomalies where vaccine like ma- the Australia thing, I guess maybe still getting we just lockdowns? don't understand uh australia but um i think uh there are different people yeah i guess so but uh <laughs> I they don't sold all their guns i it's mean okay. like i said before i'm to- i could be totally wrong i, I just you don't think it's gonna happen i uh yeah I, maybe i'm being extremely pessimistic in this past couple months have just beat the shit out of me uh with a but like i just it's if look, you're going to have to know a guy. I'm just saying right now, put out and start talking to people and see if they know guys. Okay. Guys that can give you one thing or another. If you're really dead set against it, you're lit, you know, you're going to end up breaking the law. So you might as well break the law now. Yeah, I mean, we should always be trying to build our little cells and, uh, and do it little cash. freedom networks or whatever you want to call them. And if if for whatever reason people are holding off on that, they should really, you know, put an effort in and try to expand their their network. And it's and it's hard. The world is like you know more kind of isolated and atomized, despite our connection uh, technology in a lot of ways. But um, people do really need to address that and again like uh it's definitely possible that's that this gets way 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 worse down the line well te- technology and fixes a lot try of problems to anticipate to yeah build some contingency uh plans and form some good relationships and be a productive person there was a kind of thing i stumbled upon which is to say that a, the true measure of a, a man's worth is the man he knows Having having a like that's my barber, that's my accountant, that's my lawyer. Well, you got to get your guy for this thing too. Like you can go online, you can get literally any prescription you want with a fucking five minute uh, video chat. So this problem sol- sorts itself out. The question is, do you want to lose? You know, like how do you want to take this to the mats? Well, I don't think they want to. 
Most people uh, probably don't. Um, but again, we all draw the line somewhere. Like a lot of people drew the line at the mask thing. Big and... L libertarians, not my problem. <laughs> not my problem. I mean, this stuff, this stuff is uh, pushing people in different ways. Like obviously, you go back to the American Revolution, they get like a 1% stamp tax. It's like, the guns are coming out. <laughs> So they, it, yeah, they, your tea's going to look... People draw the line in different places yeah. based on different times, based on different circumstances. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, we put up with a lot yeah. in modern society because we're so wealthy and decadent and mostly High trust. our situation is taken care of. Um, but a lot of this stuff pushes people in ways they haven't been pushed before. And uh, I don't know. It's interesting to watch it play out, but... Um, so for example, a lot of people drew the line at the mask, not enough people, but a lot of people did. Um, some people are drawing the lines at like, you know, the mandatory vaccination or the coercive vaccination yeah. program, which is basically what the vaccine passport is all about. Yeah. Like you're legally barred from places because of your vaccination. You didn't status. put yeah. something in your body. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's it's like you know strange new world, uh, un uncharted waters, I think. And I unfortunately, it can kind of go either way. But I think I think we're kind of doing pretty good, especially in Alberta. Um, it should have been way better. Yeah, but I, yeah, all I things think considered, we're gonna be like. A, we're going to be like the new Jerusalem. <laughs> We're going to be like the city on the hill. Oh, they're already calling us Gendis, Florida. So, well, we'll they said like, oh, we, we, we're going to need to cut off travel to Alberta. Like if I was a, if Alberta was a country, I wouldn't let people come here. Yeah. And, and you know, it was funny when, uh, when actually Kenny, like it, I give him about a two out of five, maybe a three out of five on this, but you know, we were talking about how she, they said, uh, the federal you. health ministers like show, show your, me the evidence show me your work show me you must justify this to me yeah uh and so the media asked him about it yeah and you know it was kind of okay but he I, said like i was waiting. Uh, yeah this this is the this her government like just let people pour into the country <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and, and, you know, that's kind of like a, taking a line from the States, DeSantis yeah. thing because there was a, a Governor DeSantis from Florida little four-minute thing that went around for a while. And everyone's like, yeah, that's awesome because yeah. he's standing up for kind of Florida because Alberta is kind of like the Florida of Canada now. Yeah. But DeSantis was basically defending himself against Biden. And he said, Biden's like letting people flood in across the border, carrying yeah. the disease. So whether or not that's true, doesn't really matter, but it's an interesting like point to throw back. And it, uh, uh, it plays well with certain people. Yeah. So Kenny kind of threw that back as well. And I always wondered about that. Like, okay. I I've never thought the justification or the, the response fit the the nature of the threat. Yeah. But if I was to put myself in the situation of like, you know, the anti-pandemic bureaucrat, wouldn't one of the things I would do is like stop planes from China or India? Like they just were pouring in from places. 
Um, I would follow WHO guidelines. And I mean, I, I wouldn't make any decisions so, based on reason or concepts. I would just literally let someone else do the work and then just appeal to authority. But, but He's, so if you don't do that and you're like, well, well your policies don't seem good. It, you know, it's a, it's, it's a nice little zinger that you can throw back. It, like it is. You're, you're judging me. Look what you guys did. Yeah. But of course the, he, then he goes like, oh, they, they gave like ambiguous instructions about oh, masks. Fuck and, off. But um, yeah, so pretty weak. Uh, There's so many things he could have done, dude. Yeah, he could. He, but it, it for Kenny, it was, he, again, it was not uh, not a one out of five like usual. Yeah. It was maybe a two out of five. So uh, if he, if he kind of turns up that heat, that would probably play kind of okay, even though um you know it opens him up to the media and rachel not he's got nothing trudeau 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 spent the past month and so just before stampede trudeau rolled through town (laughs) talking about uh he's gonna give a bunch of money for trains trains to a uh metropolitan core that has uh what 60 70 percent or like Sorry, thirty uh, percent vacancy. I think it's like yeah. just under, just hit or something. Yeah, so thirty percent vacancy rate on a on a in a city of a one point one one point two million. Uh, so we're <laughs> let's assume they're all employed downtown. Thirty uh, percent don't don't go anywhere near there. So they're like, yeah, let's let's build some more trains. That'll get them. That'll get them down into the city center. It's that fights climate change. Yeah. So. I'll make a better world he for rolls our through, children. Yeah, he rolls through town. Canadians deserve clean <laughs> air. He, uh, you know, it's uh, so he rolls through. Normally, he uh, puts on a little outfit. There was no outfit this time. Uh, no cowboy outfit. No, uh, no lunch over at Prince Island, Princess Island Park. Didn't hang out for the uh, stampede. Doesn't want to be caught dead in outside among people. He went and the next stop was in Van, like somewhere in BC where he also announced more train funding. I, I don't know. But while he was here, he just dunked on Kenny the whole time. He was like, run it, like, because it's, it's a campaign. Plays well out east. Yeah. He's just like, oh, this is the fucker that uh, is bitching about equalization. You wrote the fucking formula, bitch. Huh? What do you got to say about that? Nothing. You're worse than O'Toole. In fact, you guys are buddies. You know what? I should let I should let my my homies know that that yeah they're exactly the same. Anybody who's in a union, these guys are the same shit. He he just dunked on him and he made him look like a bitch. And so when someone in his crew decides to come at your ruling and specifically the gal that is has been taking it on the fucking chin for you. Since since this decision was made, you this is what you come back with. This is what you this is your fucking retort. I I gotta give him a one, dude. This was a general. No, but a one is uh is nothing, dude. He was walking. It's like that meme of the the fucking uh the Pepe with the fucking plate full of chicken nuggets. Like he just fell. He just ate shit, and he's laying on the ground, fucking crying. Trudeau standing over him. Well, I think uh, I think he is incredibly weak on the Ottawa thing. He just doesn't come across as effective on it, um, and he doesn't like. 
Um, so like I said, I give it like a two just because there was anything there. There was some other stuff, um, that was, you know, it was relatively not terrible. So that just brings it up above a one for me, but I basically get your point. He's incredibly weak on that whole issue. Uh, yeah. Trudeau dunked on him. He had, he had like, I mean, again, a relatively not horrible response on the like well you wrote the equalization thing but not good like it it should be way better but i think uh you know at his core he's still kind of like the federalist guy and he yeah. he he doesn't he doesn't have an or else like basically yeah. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> he doesn't have anything he gets along to go along i get it but remember when people were fucking talking shit about Hinshaw, that the lockdown, like anti-lockdown protests were just like, man, fuck this bitch. And he was like, man, I can't believe you'd say that. About I can't her. believe you say horrible saint. things about you Hinshaw. You people are racist. You're horrible. You have no place in Alberta. And just a, just a smidge of that disgust and contempt and righteousness I would like for you to bring yeah. against a federal apparatus but honestly i don't think i mean i might be remembering wrong or maybe we saw some different stuff but i think i remember exactly the thing you're talking about i don't think he came across all that much better like very very pedantic and scolding no um but not not like a, not coming from a position of strength like more of like more of like a please stop being mean it was a it, like it's disgusting please stop that it was pretty it was like a nenchi kind of response it was pretty indignant Remember no nenchi nenchi fucking fucking open fire as if did you do you I, remember when Nenchi was complaining about death threats over like some bus ride <laughs> and he had his anti-bullying t-shirt on <laughs> Oh, Billy the anti-bully? No. He, no, of course, Nenshi loves dunking on the prevent. He loves oh dunking my. on Kenny. Man, Nenshi. And that's another thing. I'd rather have Nenshi Kenny than should talk be shit. just dunking on Nenshi. <laughs> and, like, he he throws the weakest stuff out there. I Maybe I don't get it. Maybe I, we're wrong. Maybe maybe no, the softy stuff is better. But l- l- I, it doesn't seem like it. They're all people's Throw some nukes. Yeah, dude. People are like, ready for it. They're ready for it. But it's like, the thing oh, is- so Prime Minister Blackface decided to show up in the <laughs> province and throw some money around on dead-end infrastructure projects, <clears throat> which I guess he can't really say because they're throwing money in too. But look, it's the city's decision. We're provincial. Like it's those are the rules. We're bound to do it. We've been trying to slow. Yeah, up. whatever. MacIver like- has been trying to kill this thing for years. <laughs> it won't die. It looks like it's gonna happen. Sorry, Calgary. Dunk it. I know you can't buy a bike in this city. So clearly we need more trains. So, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Mr. Blackface. See you later. Yeah. So, I mean, but maybe we're just biased. Maybe we uh, don't get it. Maybe we don't understand proper political tactics, but that's what would work for me. And a lot of people in my scene, which has a lot of it's like branches connected to the Alberta, right? Here's what I would like. I would like, uh, no one's ever going to listen to this, but if they do, uh, and they know a guy who knows a guy, anybody that's actually been in proximity in the fucking room while power is being exerted, I, I just have some questions for you. You maintain your anonymity. Uh, you do have to prove you are who you are. 
Um, but I, I would like to know what happens here. I, I remember there was like a, a, a story about a, you know, like somebody was just like talking shit about being in a, he was like, yeah, I'm like a staffer. And they're like, are these people idiots or, or like what? And they're like, no, they're idealistic, like high schoolers. Like they, they have no fucking clue. They just think that the world's Isn't it magical. just like that Yes Minister British sitcom? I guess it must be. I'm I'm pretty sure that's how it is. Yeah. Just I, without the laughing. Because <laughs> nothing's funny. I think they should all have to wear body cams. Oh. <laughs> that's a great idea. Like, Every meeting has to be body cams and and all the teachers should have to wear body cams. (laughs) We can't even get our our own, we can't even get our city council to have meetings in public. No, it's disgraceful. They have a secret room where they go and fucking bitch at each other and can't can't sit next to one another. And apparently over half the meetings, the billable. That's why it's called the big purple playpen. (laughs) the, the, The half the billable meetings or meeting time. Uh, I think last year was spent in that fucking timeout room where they all sat around and fucking pretended they were, you know, executing the city's business. Meanwhile, they can't even define what, uh, like they they spent, I think $5 million on revamping the, um, uh, city's building guideline. And they're like, uh, so is this the guideline? They're like, no, it's, it's a, uh, it's a it, they're like, is this the new rule? Do I have to fucking do it this way? And they're like, no, it's a guideline. I'm like, well, is it the fucking rule or not? And they're like, well, the guideline informs the rules. They're like, well, is it the rules or is it a guideline? Like, do I have to fucking care? And why did you spend $5 it's million? Dollars? Joke. And you can't get an answer out of these guys. And Nancy comes out, acts all indignant about it. He goes like, look, we said from the beginning, it's a guideline. I'm like, why the fuck did you waste everybody's time? I can't stand it. The rules are It'll still so based nice on the guideline? Uh, I, it, dude, it's impossible to get any work done there. I, I, Again, I got a buddy who works at the city. He's just like, look, dude, we're fucked. Everybody's getting, everybody's getting cut. Everybody's going. And, but everybody except for our um, diversity department because we need to, we, they just started like last year or the year before. And it's very important to have that department it won't suffer any cuts whatsoever. So if you got some potholes, get fucked. Because <laughs> <laughs> the city's got a real racism problem. And uh, uh, it's probably the least racist city in the entire country. Well, I think uh, when it comes to hiring practices, economic mobility, uh, et cetera, yes. However, and, and the fact that there's still a, a good amount of segregation in this city where, but like, that's natural. People keep to themselves. Like they, it just happens. And, but like, there is some true, deep, refreshing racism in this city. And I almost prefer it because at least it's honest. Like if you want to, you know, if you want to get drunk and say, I fucking hate white people and hit them over the head, I don't think that's a hate crime. <laughs> and the courts agree with me. Okay. I still want to hammer on this, this, whether you agree with the, the, I, I still think the feds got carte blanche. There's not a fucking thing that's, that's going to stop them. I, 
I don't know. So the real question is, what can be, what can be done? It's a long battle, man. It's, it's like the Titanic. Like maybe you can just hit the iceberg a little less hard. Do you think it's fucking lame to say just go vote? Um, I, I don't know. What do you mean? Like the way people say, like doesn't matter who you vote for as long as you vote. No, or, no, that like like it, as a defensive act of some kind. Yeah, it's well, it's kind of like look, I, it, like I said that the government, like they're not. The courts aren't going to help you. Orgs aren't going to help you. No one's going to help you if you think Whatever's this necessary. Like I said at the very beginning, team up with Dina Hinshaw if you have to. Team up with Jason Kenney if you have to. Team up if Rachel Notley if one day she becomes an anti-lockdown. Team up with Justin Trudeau if he's like, time to open up no matter what. No. Just the only thing that matters right now is anti-lockdown. So the what you're saying, um, yeah, just go vote whatever angle you need to take as a defensive action against lockdown and there's whatever short-term thing that maybe doesn't matter that much all the way up to the grand the the society transforming campaign that has to happen over a hundred years so that the philosophy that made lockdowns possible in the first place is utterly eradicated from people's hearts uh and that takes you know hundreds or thousands of years. Or I don't whatever. think voting gets that done. No, that's one of the that's one of the uh, weak short term measures. But again, the point is, don't turn away anything that might help you against lockdowns. Even though voting in our Canadian context doesn't seem to matter very much, because uh, I don't think Aaron O'Toole has much to say about lockdowns. Uh, he loves. I don't. Them. Think yeah, he does. He loves them. Yeah, he loves them. We need more, faster, need more. better, stronger lockdowns. Yeah, we need to declare war on the virus. Or what did he say? We yeah. need to put Canada on a war footing. War footing. That was his big... I'm the guy to do it. And that was their promotional campaign. I didn't just play a soldier on TV. I was one. On TV. In the Canadian Army. <laughs> In the Canadian... The Canadian Armed Forces. Yeah, and you're like, remember all that good shit that C- CAF was known for? Just like, oh, like all that shit you guys got done down in fucking Somalia? And you're like, we don't talk about Somalia. So voting is mostly useless. But at the city level, it counts big time. Because yeah. basically we have uh, a real divide on the city council and it can make a difference. Again, all that matters is the best anti-lockdown if, option that's available If you, you run for city council, you can go party at the Liberal Party. I wasn't aware that they all showed up to that. So you can either run for uh, wards or you can run for mayor and then go to a sweet party held Did by they, the Liberal Party. Because they talked about, then she's like, we, he, he said, oh my God, they're taking away the quarantine requirement. Do I need to freak out? And the the city expert they talked to was like, no, you don't need to freak out. Um, but anyway, he's like, we need to have an emergency meeting in August to bring back the mask mandate. He said it's pure insanity. Do you think, yeah. Do you think, uh, I think that might've fizzled out completely. I I think that was a dud. Like, I don't think people want that shit anymore. They'll do what they're told, man. The best they can do is just say inside city buildings, you must do this. A lot of people will do what they're told, but a lot of people. I had to go down to city hall. Sick. I had to go down to city hall to, uh, to fucking do some paperwork. And it was, it was like airport tier. It was fucked up. Like there's 
two guards at the the like the front of it and you get the fucking questionnaire and the quiz and then no one's in the lobby like it's actually kind of good because they used to just let homeless people hang out in the fucking lobby of city hall like they didn't give a shit so like when when they were done taking a dump over at the library they would walk across the train tracks and go hang out either in front of or inside city hall yeah like they'd have headphones on and pull out a book and they'd be like oh i'm waiting for somebody and now like no none of that it's just like you are you are addressed you're quizzed you are shown your line and direction and i'm pretty sure if i had deviated from where i was going some guy would have been like hey hey where are you going so it's been great it's been awesome (laughs) uh so but he he decided he says that's insane and he will like he's just gonna fucking like he has to do it it's part of his legacy do you know what i mean like just like how the peace bridges brought kanye's fuck you to calgary before he left this is gonna be nenshi's i don't know yeah i think nenshi's gonna have a lot of like screw yous on his way out and this is one of them but uh i think i don't think it uh went over as awesome as he hoped like there is a lot of kooks who love the lockdowns and there's a lot of government employees and a lot of a certain kind of people who love that stuff and they eat up if Nenchi says this is all crazy or whatever but i think again uh i guess it's i guess it comes down to different kind of interpretations like we're kind of coming out at different lenses uh and other people i talk to it's kind of like this too but i'm seeing some of these like actions as acts of desperation like out of a seething position of uh losing like control um, and other people are seeing it like more the way you are, I guess, like, yeah, people will accept anything and these guys are winning or these guys are getting their way and they can take it if they want it. And I, I would kind of agree with that. However, I think what is happening in Australia is the seething out of control, like, or is the last grasp. Like when people, when people like see that shit slipping out of their hand, they, they fucking hold on tight. They don't sort of let go a little bit at a time in a reasonable manner. They do what Australia does. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, depending on the situation, it's going to manifest in kind of a different way. Um, Like the seething, desperate last grasp as it slips through your fingers. Um, it's going to look different for different people in different countries and different kind of political situations. Do you but see the that? Australians, do you see that I video? Think they love this stuff. Oh, they fucking love it. You... I mean, they had some big protests and things, but it seems like they must love it in a certain sense to have gotten into this situation at all. Again, there Alberta was... has some of the strongest opposition in the country to the whole lockdown philosophy there was a and it's still not nearly as good as it should be it's only like half at best there was a bunch of protests there was a bunch of people out um and some brawling with the cops yeah they pushed it back or whatever but it's like yeah so did the quebecois and they still had their fucking not lockdowns like what are you gonna do no one has questioned me beyond simply saying that i'm cynical i've never drawn uh ridicule you're like what's next is the government gonna gonna demand your child be vaccinated and it's like yeah they already do that bro like what's next is the government gonna get a 
demand your papers and it's like yeah the the provinces did that they they're doing it right now like well if i could say so i've been easily like one of the most extreme people i know and most of the people around me have moved closer to my position than otherwise so like that's kind of good that you're not uh coming across as a crazy person in general the way some people definitely do i i maybe i have a maybe i'm not as as clear on my 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 kind of peer group and and I'm, I'm a little more i don't know like maybe i just hang out with more people that are kind of bitch made but like <laughs> well what do you okay so what do you think of this if um i think a big mistake in a way that we've made is like uh almost this implicit um concession to the lockdown crowd that we get so caught up in the science and the numbers and it's like, oh, well, it's not that bad, which is kind of like, where do you draw the line? It's kind of subjective issue. Do you think that's a good way to go with the normie, the normal person? The like, numbers? No. Uh, and the science and stuff? Because I think the science against the lockdowns and in terms of uh, the overhyped severity of the illness when you compare it to other things has uh, is clearly uh, in the anti-lockdown favor. But... Personally, I think that's almost a concession that, oh, yeah, if it was bad enough, then lockdowns are okay. And then, oh, well, I just think it's bad enough already. Whereas I think I think the better angle is using, I don't know, moral arguments, to be honest, uh, what and and like the value of living as opposed to, you know, being miserable all the time. Uh, but what do you think is the best uh, method maybe to their kids? propagandize other people their or, kids what do you mean I always just go after the kids just say well, what's going to happen to their kids if they're sort of even they, like i said just Does like they can for people like just like the conservatives are going to have that fucking twinge where it's just like look the state wants to fucking vex your kids it's like <laughs> that's the only thing that's going to get them up off the ass but they, the other people you take it from the perspective of this is the world that you're preparing for your children and your children's children do that they will, care I, they put their children in the public school. They're like, oh, I've had six abortions. I don't fucking care. <laughs> no, I, I think if you go look, you, you owe it. Uh, if you can't appeal to their uh, nurturing concept, you can always appeal to their ego and say, uh, just like I made the argument for the, uh, um, you know, like the residential school thing, which is to say that, like, look, your grandparents, your parents, they didn't give a fuck. They sat by. They lo- they watched it and they were like, shit, go take their kids. I don't give a fuck. I'm okay with that. And so I would always just, I hate to liken it because they're like, oh, this is cultural genocide. I don't want to say, unfortunately, because they're normies, you have to get hyperbolic. You have to just be like, look, this is, this is more drastic than you realize. And if I have to compare it to a fucking genocide, unfortunately, there's no, like, I can't make you see straight. So I don't think, I, I don't want to call you. I, well, it is a mass hysteria. It is a cult. Yeah. Like it's hardcore <clears throat> cultists in theory though, there should be some people who can be swayed. What is, what do you think is the best my, way? My is, argument is that th- you're, you not saying that you have the responsibility, but you are literally the Vanguard. You're the person sitting by uh, while people round up people's children. 
What? So you're saying that's the way to appeal to somebody? Yeah, by by saying it's like, look, you need to you need to oppose things that you know are wrong. So it is basically the moral argument. I I don't think they view those things as moral things because there's a greater morality, which is public health. And anything that, nothing can supersede that. It is ultimate morality. Oh, those poor old people. And you'd be like, well, what about them kids? They'd be like, man, fuck them kids. Let them go to school with masks on and have to, you know, have shots every fucking quarter. Okay, I would say most people who say that, like, who really disparage the kids or, like, are really... Um, uh, failing to recognize the impact on children. I'd say that's part of the virus cult. So I don't think you can appeal to those people with any argument whatsoever because it's more of an expression of their ideology and they would literally be killing what, like, they're themselves in a sense to uh, change their position. But say more the normie that you can be swayed. Um, is there an angle that works on that kind of person. Like, do you know someone who's really changed their opinion over the course of say the last teacher? Tell me about this. Uh, he got super, like he was just like, Oh my God, fuck crazy. He got super pissed because, uh, he was just like, this is fucking bullshit. I'm trying to fucking teach. I hate teaching over fucking remote. Like he, and he teaches elementary school kids, like kids that good luck. Yeah. Good, like, like you might as well just turn the computers off. Yeah, like just, you know, fucking Cartman it up, or you just put a still image of yourself and be like, oh no, I'm breaking up. Oh no, oh. <laughs> and uh, he's pissed because anytime school would start back up, um, and anybody within a hundred feet of anybody that was in a hundred feet of anybody else, he had to fucking go and get tested. And then they'd all have to fucking quarantine, whether they were clear or not. Okay, so he thinks it's annoying. Um, did, he he did was his like, "Position change." In he said, terms "This of- is high. This is hysteria, and it's overkill. These kids aren't getting sick. I'm not sick. Let it go." So, is he the example though of a person who early on he's like, "Yeah, this is what we got to do. This is a this is a great idea for now. Yeah, until we get through this. Not for and- now." Or they don't think they don't add for now to anything. But now you're saying he's like, this is not worth it or whatever. Yeah. He's like, this is, this is, uh, basically because it made his life annoying. Well, he also saw that it was good enough for me. Yeah. He said, this is not helping anyone. Your prescriptive program is not beneficial. Good enough for me. Yeah. Especially if it's a teacher. Yeah. So I know, but that was the last person that I would think would, would kind of been that way. Um, everybody else is just like, they're either like hardcore. They're not people that have their kids in public school. Okay. They're, or they're fucking, they don't have kids and they're, they're spinsters who work for the government. Or I got a buddy who, yeah, my other buddies are like, you know, late thirties, early forties guys who have, or don't have kids and like, are just kind of like, well, you know, this is reality of the world and fuck you if you're, if you're not, you know, not my problem. Get your shot. Not my problem. 
can I reach those people? Probably not. I don't know how to uh, answer those. I don't know how to uh, reproach those normies. I don't think, I think they're almost beyond saving. That's why I think the kid angle is the best. Because if you look at what the NDP do, if you have your little lockdown, <laughs> guess what's happening at that, guess what's being talked about at that lockdown rally? Oh my God, the children! They can't get the vax. They're under 12. She's like, sure they can. Fuck They've it. Just died. do it. Children have died. Yeah. Name one, no, in, name one zero, in Alberta. Zero, zero. Name one. Zero. I'll wait. That's a, but do the you think answer that's a, is zero. <laughs> so no, that's the only answer. It, like, Actually, you should, you should try that. Let's, uh, let's try that little experiment. Let's ask some random people. Like how many, uh, how many people do you think under 20 have died of the virus? Yeah. Just like, just they're gonna say, know, test people's awareness. They're going to say one or two. You think so? Or you think they'll be like, yeah, a couple hundred. No. No, they're gonna, two or they're gonna say one two or, or two. They're gonna think of that really fat girl from Toronto, <laughs> and the other really fat one in BC, and maybe the super fat one in Idaho, and the super fat one in somewhere else. Yeah, I don't like know. every day, kid gets a goddamn memorial page. Like the GoFundMe that in chat them. room you were showing me. Yeah, the the virus or the vaccine fanatics. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I can't reach how those do you people. Reach those I people? can't. What about uh, so so? We've got the cultists. Yeah. You can't change them. Um, then you've got more of the middle ground, I guess, which is uh, in theory uh, susceptible to being persuaded by an anti-lockdown argument based on morality or economics or public health or whatever. I think they're more motivated by comfort than anything. The the middle grounders. So that's why vaccine. That's why that's why uh, Quebec vaccine appointments doubled overnight from five thousand to eleven thousand because comfort's more important. So those people are lost too. Yeah. Well, freedom for safety. So safety, comfort is a form of like feeling safe. Like because what would make you feel less safe than being like not allowed to go places? What would make me feel less safe than not being? Well, alive? obviously things would make you feel less safe, but I mean, in uh, in the context actually, of the that's virus, that's never been phrased. Most that people way, aren't actually. like a lot of people who, a lot of people are genuinely think like the virus is some mortal threat to them, which for most people it really isn't. Um, but they might think like, oh well, the virus, like I don't want to get that. I better get the vaccine and get and, the and and then I can go to the store. And I need those other people that are at the store to also have the vaccine. Yeah, that's like, that's the whole thing with the vaccine passport thing. Like the argument doesn't really make sense. And we saw it in that little, what was it? That chat room or yeah. whatever that thing you showed me was where basically people are. Uh, so it's like, oh, well, you need uh, people need to be vaccinated so they don't spread it. And then we learned from the CDC the other day. Oh, well. It actually doesn't matter. You, it seems that there's evidence that you spread it just as much either way. And if the vaccine works, it's not because of the effect on spreading, but rather the effect on the severity of your symptoms, basically. Which um, I think it's hard. That's to basically what they were telling us all along. Like yeah. these vaccines are coming. By the way, they're not going to stop you from spreading. And then that that raised a lot of the questions at the time. Like, oh well, what's the point? Or like, blah blah blah. Yeah. But anyway, now they're like it's a treatment. The it's argument you, yeah. to 
uh, have the stupid so-called passport. And we and this it's like a euphemism. We need to come up with a more appropriate term for it. But um, the argument for it is to well, you can't have these unvaccinated people running around the mall or the bar spreading the disease. And okay, well that argument's gone. And then we saw how they ratchet over to the next uh, counter to that, which is like basically uh, an invalid argument because the main thing goes away once you lose the transmission argument, at least in terms of, you know, normie arguments. It just moves, uh, it moves on to healthcare system taxing. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. itself proves too much because what? So uh, a choice that's they uh, don't... more harmful to you, you should get cut off or a, a choice that's potentially more harmful to you. Uh, should cut you off from a system that you pay taxes for when the entire basis of the stupid public health care system in the first place is to pool everyone together, regardless of uh, their risk classification. Everyone is a vert. And you can't discriminate at all on the basis of... All other people are victims of circumstances. You're simply choosing not to get this shot. No. What about crackheads? 500-pounders? The correlation between poverty. Next. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, victims I, of can, circumstances, but, not not you but, though. But that's where they have to start reaching. They have to start clutching at these weak, much weaker arguments that depend on the capacity of the healthcare system, which to me was always a stupid argument because the, the healthcare system's always been terrible. If it's they, always overloaded by definition. It's public healthcare. That's how they ration it. It's it's wait times. Me? That's how it works. I I need to know that I'm going to get a hospital bed. If I get sick, it's like, you don't know that anyway. In yeah. 2018 flu season, you didn't know that. Uh, my father-in-law went there. He didn't get that. He was on a stretcher in the hallway for like 18 hours. Like that's how it works. Yeah. There's nothing unique about this virus. In fact, the, the hospital pretty much empties out when it fills up with uh, sick uh, virus patients. Gives us more time to make TikTok videos. Yeah, exactly. So that I, whole argument was always stupid to me. Like, no, I pay money for access to this stupid system. I, you don't get to cut me off because I made a decision that you think is dumb that makes me subject potentially to be more likely to use the healthcare system's resources. They will see that as an attack and simply say any discomfort you may face between then and like now and then is justified because you're a bad person. Yeah. But like, here's the thing when you're, if people have to reach to absurd things, um, they're not really interested in, in pursuing anything you might offer or, or coming to some understanding or, or anything. They, they will, it's done. It's over when you basically, it's sort of like when somebody's like, you know, they're like, oh, well, the Nazis fucking blah, blah, blah. You're like, okay, bluff. we're done here. We're done here. I think here. it's a bluff. And you know what? I think it's exactly like the whole social justice thing. The arguments are so bad sometimes on the whole social justice uh, thing, which we've talked about as kind of has a um, kind of a repeated pattern of like the climate change cult and the virus cult, like these, um, these woke religions, if you will, or whatever. Um, it, it's similar, like, even though I think the position of, uh, power on each side, um, doesn't map exactly, uh, the 
I, th I think a lot of times they put forth ideas that they know are BS. And then the same way the virus cult puts forth ideas that it knows are BS. Like it's, again, it's power. It's, uh, it's not about truth for them. It's um, unquestioning dogma. And it, it's hard to fight a cult. Yeah. You can't fight them with arguments. How do you fight the cult? Again, or is it hopeless? Don't even waste your time. Just go for the normies. And then we're back to like, how do you influence the normies? How do you influence the normies? Go after the kids. That's it. Okay. Well, interesting theory. I, I think that's I don't good, know but, the answer, but I'm just reminding people that if you're having conversations one-on-one -on -one and they jump to something absurd, it's fucking done. It, it's done. That person's gone. Just, just be cool to them. Don't be a dick, but like smile and nod yeah meanwhile behind your back man there i can't let it go but uh I'm, I'm, some of them are they can they probably consider you uh, a liability they think that you're what's wrong with things yeah i i saw them i saw the whole uh anti-vax uh crowd jump the shark today with a pretty funny headline so apparently there's a, a new movie that came out um, it's like a DC comic movie for the uh, the Suicide Squad. Yeah. But it's like a new movie or something. Anyway, it came out in theaters and apparently it didn't do very well. Um, and apparently, you know, it's like a big, one of these big comic book movies. So it's like pretty expensive and it has, uh, you know, they, they want to get some butts in the seats. Yeah. So apparently it didn't do so well. And I saw this pretty funny headline that's like, um, uh, it was blaming people who didn't get vaccinated for the failure of the movie because people are too afraid of them to go see it which i think is interesting <laughs> because oh it's not I, a year's worth of fucking propaganda i think that's one of the funniest uh headlines of the virus uh maniacs that i've seen so far and uh i th i think it might even be the opposite i think the people who don't get vaccinated are probably the least likely to be worried to go out yeah. almost like by definition. Yeah. Um, like you don't really hear about people who are so scared of going outside, but they don't want to get the vaccine yeah. either. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, it's probably the opposite. The people who were probably most likely out of anyone to go to the movie would be unvaccinated. Uh, would have been the unvaccinated people. And uh, people who otherwise feel safe because they, you know, if, if necessary, they strap a cloth on their face or they go to, uh, or they go in because they're vaccinated and they're not worried about it or whatever. Uh, just seems like such a silly argument. And anyway, we went, uh, wife, the wife and I went to a movie uh, last week or two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. And it was like a Wednesday night and the whole place was packed. <laughs> and um, unlike some of the places like where uh, where the office is and some of the other places we go, um, very low masking rates, maybe 5%, maybe 10% max, but I think it was more like 1 in 20, so 5%. Um, it was packed. People were cool. People were having a good time. Um, and so, so what was this other movie's problem? Is it really... Because people are too afraid, just... or is it maybe the movie was dumb? So they they're gonna start the way they blame they say they blame everything on climate change. Like this guy kicked his dog because of climate change, or we got terrorism because of climate change, or people are starving because of climate change, or people are more racist because of climate change. We're gonna have the same thing <laughs> start happening. Yeah, it's gonna be the That's new original good. sin. 
the new original sin the no uh, the no way... it can't hold it the only thing that has true staying power is the uh true enemy to happiness and liberty and and it's the weighty incels no they're one. gonna start making that connection they're gonna be like number incels one don't get vaccinated incels don't get vaccinated oh um, sick that's so good um oh that's uh, so racist good. don't get vaccinated yes um what what's another bad kind of person landlords don't I, thought, get I, thought vaccinated. Gonna, I thought you were gonna say black people well that's that's the problem with the leftist virus maniacs have to deal with why do they want to cut off black people from society so much that seems rather well, disgraceful. I I think if there's any particular, I like remember vaccine I, I passports, this. like the whole fucking lockdown shit. It's the privilege of the upper class. I watched this video where it was uh, I don't know, it was a brother just being like, oh, you know, Tuskegee happened, get over it. And like he's trying to make these arguments. You're like, oh no, it's totally safe, it's totally cool. Like, oh, you want to bring up Tuskegee? Like, oh, that was only, like, for fucking X years. It's like, dude, it was for fucking, like, 60 years. They had a cure for it. They didn't give it to them. They were like, let's see what happens. That was the point. My understanding is they didn't give it to people, but for the people who had it, they didn't treat them, yeah. which was the experiment. Yes. Like, let's see what happens Well, we I wonder. treat it. Yeah. Do you know that it was pe- very treatable. Yeah, you want to see some syphilitic madness up close? And they're like, dude, I've only read about it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So, I this mean, happened whatever. To all my I don't favorite even care authors. why people don't want to take it. If they think there's magnets in it, or uh, 5G magnets, I don't even care why people don't want to take it. But... Um, I think you should. It's, uh, it's interesting. But yeah... Th- it, it, that's the other analog it's going to have with the climate change, the social justice cult. This is going to be the new uh, mortal sin, the new sin that cries out to heaven for vengeance, the new uh, um, unforgivable sin. The new them. It's going to be, you didn't get your seventh booster shot this year? People who didn't get their eighth booster shot uh, caused uh, the new DC comic movie to fail, and they're racist. <laughs> they don't fuck. they can't no one wants to fuck them and they don't want to fuck anybody else they're all nose cells and lip cells and incels and people who don't get vaccinated hate women what are you a vol cell what's going on he's like no i'm I'm a sigma male get fucked so i think that's very interesting and i think uh i think that's where it's going yeah so incels don't get vaxxed by that headline i I just the movie fails. Just a really, it's just another really obnoxious headline. But I do see bait, yeah, rage bait. I think it's just going to be another lot of lot of uh, talking head YouTube videos going to like get. Hey Ben Shapiro, take the bait on this one. Send them to me. And it's like, yeah, no, like it's so dumb. Even Ben Shapiro can hit that one out. Yeah, he's just going to smoke it, and like a fucking Crowder shows up. Man, Ben Shapiro just destroys college kids. <laughs> With facts and logic. With facts and logic. Oh, fuck. Do you, who's, who's, what's more sad uh, of, of adult professional pundits uh, of the two of them? Who's more pathetic, Ben Shapiro or D'Souza? Just being like, oh, uh, oh, I heard you're taking fucking humanities. By the way, you're fucking I think wrong. Both 
really lame. I, I don't know. I can't judge them. They're in the bottom category. Like it doesn't have to be like a cardinal measure at that point. Yeah. I like, think if, if they're you... just, they're both really bad. Um, I, honestly, in a lot of ways, I would say I probably dislike Shapiro more cause he, he functions more as the supposedly like respectable conservative who gatekeeps for real right wing ideas. Like he's, basically a neocon which in yeah. reality means he's a left-wing social democrat what about charlie kirk's tiny face no i don't like that he guy. looks like a photoshop of himself except like they selected his face and shrunk it by 20 percent. yeah yeah no i i don't think kenda has this we don't have a conservative ink the closest no no, no. Uh, so it, it's a broader thing you got to think about how you know how we talked I, about how like sloan got kicked out yeah i get what That's you're saying because he's not the acceptable kind of ben shapiro conservative yeah or the acceptable kind of aaron o'toole conservative that's the kind of conservative that wins elections. He's he's uh, electable. He's electable. We picked Aaron O'Toole because of his electability. He's electable. Just like Jeb. <laughs> uh, what, where is Andrew Shear right now? Do you know? Uh, he's just he's low. I think he's still member of parliament. And oh. he does nothing. Like, I think he's useless. You think he wears Hawaiian shirts all day? No, I think he's glad to be out of those ties. He's horrible. Anyways, we'll call her a night, but uh, I think everybody go watch that uh, Never Forget video. And yep. uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> he's finally getting up. Anyways, uh, I think that's it. Enjoy. <laughs>